Blog Talk Radio. Hey, I'm Jared Padalecki. And this is Jensen Ackles. And you're listening to Winchester Radio. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Winchester Radio. Uh, this particular edition uh, does many things. It finishes off Season 10. We're going to discuss the finale with not only me, Susan, Becky, and Vinny, but we have some other special guests tonight as well. Um, we're going to talk about the finale, and then we're going to eventually move on to a little bit of discussion of the entire season overall. And I even have just a couple questions on season 11, uh, which <laughs> will not start up for a while, but finale events just made me think about them. Um, thank you, everyone, of course, for lis- uh, to listening to us tonight. And uh, our guests are Clarissa, Clarissa from Screen Fad. We have Tina from TV Goodness, and we have uh, superfan Amanda, who uh, calls us regularly, and we have a great time talking to her. Um, I'm going to have everybody say hi, and if you uh, guys want to mention exactly your website or Twitter or anywhere else that you would like people to follow you and read your stuff, please do. Uh, Clarissa, you want to start? Hi, I'm Clarissa. I'm at uh, screenfad.com. I'm Deb. Tina? Okay, hey, I'm Tina. I'm at two different places, uh, at TV Goodness and at Tina Charles TV. Okay, and Amanda? Hi, I'm Amanda, and my Twitter is at Amanda underscore Elise 88. And Elise is E-L-Y-S-E, because it can be spelled Okay. Well, finale. Finale time. Uh, 23 eps this season. Going to be another 23 next season. This was written by Jeremy Carver. And, um, gosh, in all my watching, I missed the director's name. Was it Bob Singer? I think it was Phil Scrisha. Or however you pronounce it. Phil. Okay. Yeah. Phil Scrisha. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. Uh, Jeremy Carver. <laughs> Um, I, I've seen it three times now and I liked it more every single time. Uh, the first time I watched it, there was so much, there was just too much I was thinking about and had to look for. And I wasn't, honestly, I wasn't even sure I liked it the first time I watched it. Um, I liked some parts of it, but the more I watched it, uh, the more I liked it. Uh, the first time I saw it, I actually found the scene with um, at the end with Rowena and Cass and Crowley to be have a lot more attention and I was actually holding my breath and there was so much going on there and I was actually concerned. I, then as I watched it more, I I could see the, the more of the subtlety in the emotion in Sam and Dean's uh, uh, last scenes. In, in the episode, so I got more out of that. So as a season finale, ultimately, for me, it's still not my favorite, No Rest for the Wicked or Swan Song, but I thought it was a really good one. The one thing I really did love by the end of it is that the Mark of Cain is gone and Sam and Dean are back to being Sam and Dean and they're together and they're in a lot of trouble because their car just disappeared into a giant black cloud of smoke <laughs> along with the rest of the countryside. But um, 
at least they're together and reasonably on the same page. So that I was very happy about. Um, anybody else? No, I don't want to keep talking I liked it. <laughs> keep talking. I liked it a lot. I, I, I thought it was, you mm-hmm. know, I thought it was really good, full of, you know, have you on the edge of your seat kind of things. I was really glad that mm-hmm. they finally did get rid of that Mark McCain, not dragging it on for another year. Um, mm-hmm. I like I like the ending with the black smoke, the darkness coming. Mm-hmm. That's um, you know I think it could uh, you know be a really good eleventh season if they deal with it the right way. And uh, of Jared and Jensen just knocked it out of the ballpark. They were fantastic. Mm-hmm. The scene that gets me every time when I rewatch it is when uh, Sam is on his knees and you can watch that tear come out of his eye and zigzag. The magical zigzag mm-hmm. tear. Yes, yeah. it's like, oh, it goes, it goes, it goes all the way down his cheek, and then it goes all the way down his neck, too. And mm-hmm. there's actually here in his other eye first. Yeah, really, really amazing. I, I, the more I watched it, the more I got just the real quiet emotion and subtleties of that scene and just loved it more and more. And they, Jared and Jensen really are amazing. And the direction... Yeah. There's one scene that I thought was just shot really pretty. Um, I, I, I just love the direction of this one scene. It's when Dean goes to the uh, crime scene of the dead girl, and the shot is with the dead girl in the foreground and Dean mm-hmm. and Rudy up on the hill in the background. I really yeah. like how that scene was shot. I love that scene, too. I made note of it in, in, in my notes, and and it seems weird to love a scene where there's, you know, a very sad dead body, you know, a girl who's been killed at the bottom, but it is supernatural. But yeah, you're right. I, I totally agree. It was a great scene. Yeah, I thought it was one of the better, I, I thought it was one of the better finales. You know, my favorites are Devil's Trap and No Rest for the Wicked. And um, oh. so I thought it was, um, you know, not nearly as good as those two, but, you know, on the better side of it. And I gravitated right towards the Jensen and Jared, the Sam and Dean scene at the end. Like, that was my favorite from the from the get-go. It's like, you know, we haven't seen such emotion between them in such a long time. And, you know, I really like the fact that Sam was, like, trying to bring Dean back. And, um, yeah, that was that was. That was my favorite, my moment of goodness for that episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, like it was a very emotional season because since I've been like watching season ten, like since you know I was going to be doing this, um, it's like it's a very emotional season. But like it all like in that one little scene, like everything just got said that needed to be said. So I really liked that scene a lot. I think. Uh... I think I like I liked it. I thought it wasn't as maybe strong as a, fin- a finale as in the past, but I think for me, I liked it more for the possibilities that it represents and some things that it wrapped up. Like I'm really excited about Rowena. She grew on me a lot, and so I think she's become an awesome character, and I'm glad that she did not die. So we get her hopefully for another season until she will, because you know the bad guys always do. And um, I liked the Mark of Cain story, but I just feel like the pacing of it was so uneven. And so I agree. they had to edit mm-hmm. it. 
like if they mm. had to do something with it, if if they weren't going to do something different to have the same thing again as basically what we had in season nine, I feel like it would have been a disservice to to the story. So um, I'm not happy that it's gone in the sense that I didn't like it. I'm just sort of, you know, like we had, to, there had to be some progression and unfortunately the progression had to be to end it after a season and a half of sort of uneven pacing. So Absolutely, because I, I, I really did like the Mark of Cain story as well. I uh, just I wish it I had like been executed. I like the idea I of the Mark of Cain story. Huh? I, I, I like the idea. It could have been more badass. Yes. I, I like the concept of the Mark of Cain. No, let me scratch that. No. I like what could have been the concept of the Mark of Cain story. The problem was that there seemed to be no concept to it. It made it had no consistency at all. Well, I well I thought that in the finale when we see like the first time we see Dean and he's like on the floor and he's looking like crap. I thought finally because <laughs> I thought we were going you know he was going to be see- we were going to be seeing the facts like a lot sooner than we did and we saw a little bit flashes here and there but um I've I've I felt that we finally got to see what I wanted to see in the finale um and then of course it's over so yeah well for me yeah. like in the finale for the, the finale in general for me I feel like I have to. I have to obviously agree with Clarissa. I just don't. It didn't feel like a finale to me. It felt like an okay episode, and I got the emotional payoff that I wanted, but I didn't get, I guess, the quality payoff that I wanted in terms of the script. I was just, and maybe it's because Jensen, you know, he was whatever convention he was at that he said, you know, this was. It's like the best script he had seen out of Jeremy Carver, which was a really odd compliment to begin with. But um, <laughs> I just felt like, I guess I, I, I felt like there was going to be more. It was too hyped for you? Was it too Maybe, hyped for you? Possibly that's what it was, but I just feel like, I feel like overall, well, we'll get into that anyway. We'll get into that later. For me, the finale itself, it was, which I feel like a lot of episodes this season had this problem, or in, basically in the past couple of years, is it takes so long to get to the point of whatever the episode yes. is, and not and and then you you get to the end, your payoff, and you feel like I liked that episode, and you're like, wait, did I like the episode or did I like part of the episode? I'm not yeah, like sure. I well, I felt like a lot a lot of times this season, again, I won't get too into it, but I liked a lot of the moments more than the entire yeah. episode. You've been saying that for years, Tina. You always I say have that. <laughs> we, I, I, think, I think essentially we've all been saying it for the past couple of years. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to be fair mm. to all of us, um, which is funny because it's not like any of us, you know, sit around and confer with each other what we're going to say before we say it on any level. So We don't. And then we, when, like when, you and I, Clarissa, yeah. we only talk like once a year. Like about <laughs> supernatural. <laughs> but I think I did like that we finally got to see Dean be, for lack of a better phrase, be an asshole. And I think yeah. I like that because the Mark of Cain, the, the, yeah. In theory, it wasn't about him being evil. It was just about him being 
you know, like Cain himself was evil. Yeah. It was just Mm -hmm. that I don't have it in me to care about the, about your feelings type of thing. I felt like that really happened in the episode before when he kills the kid and he kind of like scratches his head for a second and he's like, yeah, you're dead, you know? And then that kind of kicked it off. Yeah. Yeah. Because earlier, you know, we, before we were seeing where he was having these dilemmas of, but it was kind of where he saw kind of a mix of what Kane was doing in a way where, Dean's coping mechanism throughout the whole season was to keep saying, I just want to hunt. I just want to work. And yes, he was still doing that. But then it kind of just became in the same way that King was in the executioner song where it was like, I'm killing off the bloodline. It was yeah. verse where mm. I'm, I'm not going to worry about the consequences or the emotions of what I'm doing. I'm just going to do it. And I'm not going to worry about, yeah, I'm not going to worry about if that kid that kid might be good forever, but I don't care. He's got the Stein genes in him, so he's done. He's yeah. gone. So that's exactly well, like for, him, took, for him. It the, took the, off the season. vampire victim. Mm-hmm. The yeah, real epitome, I think, of that. that we, yeah, of the real, I think, so, show, showing of what you're talking about there, Vinny, is when he goes into the vampire's lair to save the girl, and the vampire guy has Rudy, and Dean just, you know, kind of jumps at him daring him basically go ahead kill him he jumps at him you know and that i think was right there it was kind of and it was kind of reminiscent of demon dean which uh i'll get into my issues with that later but um (laughs) but i i think when i'm saying that i mean more like in terms of of the victims where you know he sees you know there's some there's a murder girl and he's very much like it's not about her for him anymore. Where right? it's for Dean and Sam, it's a, it's it's about the victim. They're you know, it, they're solving it. Right. They're solving whatever they've solved, but it's for the victim. But in that moment, for Dean, it he stops. It stops being for the victim. He doesn't care about her at all. He doesn't care yeah. about her family. He's sort he of disconnected. Quiet. Yeah. Yeah. To the to the point of of. Mm, I uh, I hesitate to call it misogyny, but yes you know, where he criticizes her clothes and he criticizes where it's just this really jerk behavior. Yeah, that was uncomfortable. Yeah, and it was mm-hmm. and it was supposed to be. You know, I know a lot of people complain mm-hmm. about that, but that was the point. You were supposed to be like, this is not my dean. This is gross and I don't like this. Um, this yeah. is the problem. He has become a problem. But part of the problem well, with think- that is, was to illustrate that for him it wasn't going to be about saving people, it was just going to be about hunting things. Right. Well, and, well, all season podcasts, we've talked about the Mark of Cain when Dean would supposedly be under the terrible influence of the Mark of Cain and he would he would kill all these people. They were all still bad people and you felt okay that he killed them. And it took all season, but finally somebody innocent died and that was Rudy. I mean, you know, another hunter can be innocent, but finally it was, we finally got someone where, yeah, that person should not have died. Otherwise we could all sort of say, well, the Steins deserve to die. And even maybe the kid Stein deserved it. And then the people who'd had, I guess it was Claire, her supposed family, and they all died. And well, it was okay. It was okay. And I think it was a really big misstep for them to not have fleshed Rudy out better um, because we mm-hmm. know Rudy exists because the, he, 
he exists for Sam and Dean in terms of phone calls throughout. Right. But we don't have a, yeah, we don't have a connection to him. And so in one way it works because it is just the idea that Dean is a, is a menace in a way, but and in person. Yeah. But the fact is, yeah, the fact is, is he doesn't, I mean, it's a weird thing because he doesn't kill Rudy. He's he's part of why Rudy is mm-hmm. killed, right. and his negligence maybe it. I don't know. I think it's just, it was just really oddly done in terms of. I think well, you, yeah, you, there's. You, yeah, you expect the audience to care just because he's an, he's what we perceive as an innocent, which I completely get behind. But I think it would have had more impact if we had seen him at least one other time before. Yes. Yeah, because I really didn't. I didn't really care for him, you know, and and he, I didn't sympathize for him really because like he shows up and he just already seems sort of like an incompetent hunter. You yeah, know. and I think I think that that's another misstep too. I think they kind of went, you know, Jeremy kind of went with the whole, you know, the the cop trope of the dopey the dopey deputy kind of thing. Yeah, and I think that was also a misstep. I think had had Rudy been more competent, and then it would have seemed more at fault in terms of what Dean did. Like it would have, I just feel like the impact of it was off. So for me. The the seventy five percent of the of the finale was just kind of I didn't have an edge of my seatness at all at all I didn't feel but then I will to be fair I don't get that usually like I'm not one of those people who sits there going oh my god oh my god oh my god oh my god the show doesn't do that to me it, it never has so I'm coming from a very I don't know I don't I don't want to say jaded but yeah no jaded uh, point of view. But I think it was I think it was a solid episode. I think it was really good emotionally, but I don't know if it was a season finale. Things didn't really pick up till honestly Dean started talking to Death. Like, well, and that's kind of that's kind of starts to pick up. And that's kind of saying. indicative of Jeremy Carver's style for finales. If you look at his finales, you know, from eight, nine, and now. That is very indicative of his style where, and it kind of seems to be indicative of his show running style as well, is that <laughs> the, the, the pacing is off. And it's like at the last minute, yeah. oh, yeah, I was supposed to be doing a thing. I should do that thing. Let's do the thing. Yeah. Or it's like the last five minutes is when it gets the most intense. I'm like, no, I wanted an intense episode in its entirety. Yeah, and I'm going to say for me – the emotion of the episode was thrown off from the minute they played the uh, 200th episode version of <laughs> Carry On Wayward Time because that's the moment when you hear that when you hear that song start for the past nine years or eight years should have been nine years this season. There's that immediate heart in the throat feeling. No matter how upset you are at the season, no matter how upset you are at the characters, no matter how low or high your expectations are, that moment that that song starts, it's Pavlovian. 
I was a little scared. I was a little scared when I heard it. I was a little scared, and then I was, and then I was happy when they brought it in. But I was a little scared at the beginning. I think it was. A, I think it was an editing. I think it was an editing misstep to use it because. It, I understand why they did it, though. I mean, it's the tenth season. You know, the season where it had the two hundredth episode. I think they they kind of wanted to bring it back to that that feeling from the 200th episode. So I, I totally uh, get why they went with it. But I, I, I think agree, yes. Totally I think they went with it because they're still patting themselves on the back for the 200th episode when I don't think they should be patting themselves on the back for it. I, uh, oh, I, I, don't, I don't think... I was waiting I for that. Yeah, I, <laughs> I knew she was going to say that episode. <laughs> I, I don't think that's why they went with it. I think they went with it because they're like, we had our own version of the, of our song, this season, you know, let's put part of it in, you know, in the finale and the recap of the season. To me, it made sense. Did I like it? No, I did not like it. I would, you know, I felt they should, especially because um, Kansas is such a big supporter of the show. I felt like, you know, they should have kept with the, you know, with the tradition. It was a little disrespectful. It. It was yeah, disrespectful. they disrespected <laughs> They should have kept with the tradition and played Kansas's version, but I understand why they did um, part of, you know, the 200th episode version. I, you know, I understand that, they, that you think that's why they did it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, here we go. Already, we're into it. <laughs> I didn't. I liked it just because I really like that. That version like really gets to me. That's just me. I don't know. I, I do like. I do like that version a lot. I do. Yeah, and I'm not gonna yeah, I'm not gonna fully say what I'm gonna say because kind of it's a spoiler for later for somebody else. <laughs> but I don't I don't have a problem with that version. I don't. Like I I actually didn't didn't hate that in ten oh five. It was the yeah, best I loved part it. of like, it was the best I, part of the episode. It was yeah. the best part of the two. Yes. It was yes. or or as I like to say, the only redeeming quality of that episode. But whatever. Um, <laughs> potato, potato. <laughs> hey, I but like that episode. I, I love that song. I love, love, love that song. But I do think that emotionally, it just was really ill placed, and and so from that moment on, I felt already disconnected from the episode. And then you have other elements that were a disconnect within the episode, and then just this rapid connect at the end, which was, again, like I said, for me, highly emotionally satisfying, but, you know, out of 42 minutes, I would say I found a total of 17 minutes satisfying. Of the 200th or of this one? Yeah, yeah, I lost her. Oh, of this. This one. This is the finale. Oh, of this. I found exactly 45 seconds of the 200th redeeming. Okay, I was going to say, that's quite a lot for you. God, no. I liked liked everything. You know, I wouldn't count the minutes, but I would say I liked it. Well, I was estimating. We know I didn't really math. I I like I I didn't really see anything that I didn't like in this in this finale. No, and that's what I'm saying. It's not that I didn't. It's not that I didn't like. It's that kind of how we had discussed on the podcast before, where I didn't feel like the mid season finale felt like a mid season finale. 
which didn't mean it was a bad script. I just felt like it was an oddly placed episode. That's how I feel about this. I don't have a problem with the script necessarily at all. I just don't feel like it felt like a... I feel like this felt like a mid-season finale, and then the darkness should be kicking into the rest of the season. Oh, see, to me, it felt more like a season finale than we've gotten in a few years. Uh, Like the... um, the season finale where Lucifer came, uh, Lucifer rose. To me, that was like, eh, whatever. The Lost finale was much better. Um, no, you're wrong. <laughs> the, the, Lost, the, the, time. the Lost season finale of that, the same season that the Lucifer rose, they both had the white screen at the end. So that's why I was comparing them. And the Lost one, I thought was was better than the supernatural one for that year. How dare you? Lucifer <laughs> was so good at the end. Oh, uh, there's just been you know two or three season finales that I was like, really? That's it? The Leviathan season seven finale? I was like, really? That's it? Okay. And uh, okay, um, I will agree with you on that one. Yeah. And this one to me was like, yeah, this this felt like a season finale moment. No. The only thing that felt like a season finale to me was the absolute last minute. The rest felt not like a finale. Yeah, I'm I'm talking about the episode. I'm talking about the episode in its entirety. Didn't feel like a season finale. Okay. Whereas, like, whereas, but like I said, I do feel like that's just indicative of of uh, Jeremy Carver's style, where. You know, if you look at sacrifice and if you look at, do you believe in miracles? I believe in miracles. Have a miracle. Whatever you know, the episode is. The first, the majority <laughs> of the episode, the majority of the episode. It's all this buildup. Yeah, and it's not even like tension buildup. It's almost really like, and then, oh, yeah. Whereas, you know, every, I would venture to say, up until season seven, which even season seven feels like a finale all the way through. Is it a little bit of a letdown? Maybe. But from the minute the season finale starts, you feel like you're already building. It's a culmination. You're, it's already happening. The plan's already set. And I think maybe that's what it is. For all the previous seasons, every penultimate episode has had a has where the finale has a sense of we have created a plan in the penultimate episode and now we're going to execute that plan in the finale. But in the last three years, the penultimate episodes don't do that, so the finales kind of almost feel like they come out of nowhere. Gosh, I have to say that I'm usually not a fan of the penultimate episodes of Supernatural. So what kind of... It's (laughs) usually... I thought, like, this this year was, like, the first year where... It depends even on even though I even though I didn't like um like the big pic some big picture things that I thought the, I think it's a prisoner right is that what it's called yeah, uh, yeah. I thought mm-hmm. that was really I thought it was a really good episode that led into the finale so yeah I like I love the prisoner I thought it was one of the better penultimates mm-hmm. that we've had yeah I I quite liked it but I mean yep. like I'm saying in terms of like if you look at season one. Salvation was the penultimate. Salvation's a fantastic episode. Season two is kind of weird. Oh yeah, I wasn't. Yeah, I wasn't a fan of Salvation. Um, but oh, then, like you know, oh. four, here you. <laughs> and then season four, you get when the levee breaks, which is again, I think. I actually, as much as I just defended Lucifer Rising, I think when the levee breaks is better than Lucifer Rising. 
And season five, yeah. we get two minutes to midnight, which is very clearly a setup for Swan Song. So oh, it's such well, it's such a great episode. Yeah. So uh, you know, you always felt like you know, and before back then it was episode twenty one, episode twenty two, so whatever. Most stick with penultimate. That episode is always almost the, the breaking point that leads you to the finale. And this, while this season gave us more of a breaking point to lead to the finale in terms of Dean just saying, you know, leave me alone. You all are screwing up. Leave me alone. Um, I still think that it's almost like, I feel like with, with, with the last three years, it's almost like, like we missed something. Like every time the finale starts, I feel like, did I miss something? Did I miss something between last week and now? I feel like I missed something. I don't know. I think they all had a they had a goal in mind, and it was to save Dean. And I think um, that started. I mean, I, I I feel like that was going on in the prisoner, and then it it continued in in um, Brothers Keeper. Yeah. Yep. I, I, I don't know. I guess it's, yeah. I felt like it sort of paved the way. Yeah. In know. general, like I said, emotionally. I couldn't. I couldn't be happier with the episode. Uh, yeah. Good. Good times. I would love to know whether the 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 you know the maroon shirt of of anger was on purpose or not because I really hope that it was. Uh, <laughs> yes, it seemed to always appear appropriately with with the yes, Dean one and then the angry Dean and America yeah. America Pain so Dean. So. I'm also like, does that mean that we have to retire the red sh- the the maroon shirt of anger? Like, what's going to happen? If he's fine, because it looks really good on him, but also he gets I know. Back, he wears it bad. Save that. Don't you go in the Smithsonian now. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I will say that I'm really upset if Jeff is really gone. Like, I'm really super upset because I loved him. I um, know. I'm so going to miss Julian Richings. <laughs> I know. I know. And, and, as Jeff, and I'm going to miss death and, and the implications of no more death are huge. I know. And they just kind of skipped over death dying to the darkness and I'm like, but but wait, you know, well, it would have been bad yeah, you know, I think, to you know, just kill Dean starts to address it, but then, you know, he doesn't get the chance because he just said, I, I think I just killed right. death and that can't be a good thing, you know. I so he, right. he he begins to see the ramifications of what he did and, I mean, there is, I mean, who can walk around other than Sam Winchester say, yeah, my brother loved me so much, he killed death for me. He killed the yellow-eyed demon for him. He killed death. I mean, you know, then there's death. <laughs> like, who wants to say that? And yeah. And those things where Dean's, you know, Sam was willing, Sam was accepting of what Dean's rationale was because he didn't even know if the spell was something that Cass was going to be able to accomplish. He didn't know Crowley was involved in it at all. None of it. This is nothing that Sam had knowledge of. So he accepted what was about to happen. And it really was in that moment. It felt like it was a combination of the pictures and also death got a little too like, kill him, kill him. And Dean, and Dean was like, mm-hmm. uh-uh. yeah, yeah, you you done messed up, you you, you done messed up, <laughs> and so 
but I do. And I mean, I love seeing the, you know, the equivalent of the, the, the light glinting off the Impala and Swan Song and the memories for, you know, connecting to Sam and the equivalent of having that with, uh, with, with the pictures for Dean. Yeah. I, I for like sure. That, mm-hmm. I like that moment. Somebody and, bothered me about the pictures. <laughs> I know what's going to happen. I know what you're going to say. Say it. Why was there not a picture of John? <laughs> See, I saw oh, that when I, I saw them. It originally was. John was originally in that in that photo. But yeah, they photoshopped him out. Jim Michael says was because they didn't get um, they didn't get it, you know permission. The image rights it. for Jeffrey D. Morgan. Yeah. But was one of the in the pictures was one of the moms um Samantha Smith and then the other picture was the younger Mary Amy? Amy no, both, both, no, both, of them, were both were Samantha Smith, but the one where it's just okay. her and the one where it's just her and Dean, because that's yeah. actually that's actually a young picture of Jensen. Um yeah. So they, you know, whoever actually was with Jensen in that photo, I think they kind of photoshopped it to make, you know, Samantha Smith and that person together, and that's why she kind of looked different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. in that picture, she almost looked like Amy Guminek. Yeah, yeah, it was just, it was a, it was crazy. That bothered me so much. <laughs> um, I, I also like have to. Too. I, I also have to say, and this is one of those things that again. Um, it's it's me being nitpicky, but I also have the same minor issues with Swan Song, so, you know, is I just feel like there are certain moments that took me out of the moment. And, like, for me, the disappearance of the Mark of Cain was really weird. Like, it, like I, I don't know. It was uh, one of my favorite quotes from Buffy is uh, in Fear Itself. It's, big overture, little show. That's how I felt. Like all that, and it's like lightning bolted off your arm. Like I think I would have preferred a fade or something a little less fairy sparkly lightning bolt boost. I don't know. And where did that go? Where did it go? Exactly. And I'm not. Uh, I think the the it. I you know what what Death was saying about the darkness and everything is that yeah. created that lightning bolt that basically. Yeah, yeah, it was mark. Yeah, so and will it stop if somebody if will it stop if somebody receives the mark again? Okay. If they can no, recreate I think it again, I, I'm guessing no. they'll have to recreate the curse. You know, right, right. <laughs> and and but speaking I'm of gonna... things that take you out just a little bit, the mark of Cain was both lock and key, and all I could think of is. Is is there's a lock? There's a lock. There's got to be a key. And the other thing that took me out of it, yeah, it's their own fault. took me out of it to actually steal this from Clarissa because I was like, there's something wrong about the way Death died. It was like, like it's like like a Buffy vampire. Yeah, it was. It was. It was. <laughs> when and I was, I was like, watching. Yes. One of the times I was rewatching it, one of my sons was in here with me, and he's like, "So, death was a vampire." <laughs> so, like, yeah. That's funny. I really would have. I would have. I would have really made a. I would have personally made a different choice on those. Um, on those moments, but 
you know, I don't have a, I don't have a visual effects degree or whatever, so I don't know. My mom even mentioned yeah. that. She said she flipped to the channel just to see what I was watching. And she described it to me. She was like, Sam's like, do it. And then Dean's crying, Sam's crying. And then, and then he swings it. She calls it a knife or whatever. She swings it and then it hits him. And then she like literally does the whole rain, rainfall with like swishes down. <laughs> yeah, it was just very, it was very funk. And I was like, that's pretty accurate. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, like I said, overall, for me, extremely emotionally satisfying. Uh, leaves more questions than answers. I feel like it kind of screws up a lot of the pre-existing mythology of the show. And I kind of wonder how they're going to cover their asses about that going into season 11. The mythology of that death died? No, just in general. Like the idea of, okay, so if Lucifer had the mark... And he gave it to Cain, but when Cain gave it to Dean, Cain still had it. So then shouldn't Lucifer still have it? So if Lucifer still has it, how did the darkness unlock? Okay, but then if Lucifer doesn't have it, how come Lucifer doesn't have it? Because then when Cain gave it to Dean, Cain still had it. Like, it's just, what? Oh, you're so... Yeah. Again, you're you're thinking too hard, Vinny. Come on. Yes. No, no, no. <laughs> but there's something to that, yes. No, that's why I said. You're trying to apply logic. Are they going to, are they going to, to attempt logic. to dig themselves out of that that canon logic hole, or are they just going to go? <laughs> and then it bothered me too. I was like, so the mark made Lucifer jealous of man. That's why. He, yeah. That's that's how Lucifer became Lucifer because of the mark. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, it was. Mm-hmm. I wasn't I, super crazy I, about I that. I just totally roll with it. I just roll with it. I try not to think about it too hard. And then when I do, I get angry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just wasn't, I wasn't super crazy about, I, I think what the problem is, and, you know, Bob Singer kind of said it best at, at JipCon, where he said, you know, you think we have this plan, but we don't. We just write a cliffhanger and go, now what? And I'm like, yeah, you wrote, You keep writing yourself. You need a plan. Yourself. You need a plan. Like, you, you can't just your write plan. yourself into a corner like that, though, which they have consistently written themselves into. If there's one thing to say, you know, like, uh, we have, we're not sure where we're going to go with this, but there's a difference between that and writing yourself into a literal corner of going, <laughs> How do I get out of what I just said just because it sounded cool in that moment? <laughs> so, I don't know. We'll see. But, you know. Well. I will say, I on a, on a Jeremy Carver finale scale, I liked it better than Sacrifice. Uh, yes. Which I know is like sacrilege. Yeah. You're not supposed to say that, but I actually am no, not a big fan. I'm not a big fan of Sacrifice until the very end, about the end. Um, I actually really don't like the episode all that much. Oops. Mm. I'm going to go back to the beginning of the episode and Dean in the hotel room. Just briefly, let's bring it up before, but all I could think is, how on earth can can passed out 
kind of drunk, hung over, sweaty Dean, still looks fantastically gorgeous. <laughs> but I did think that they actually made him look kind of bad, like more than they ever had before. I mean, it's really hard to make him look bad. Like, it's almost impossible to make him look bad. That's but they, they, they got like 5% of it right. Because, yeah, I, because I, I did feel, thinking. I did feel looking at him like I felt like I felt grimy looking at him. Like I, I felt like yeah, you really need a shower. I feel like you're <laughs> like you're itchy. I feel like you feel itchy. I thought he was getting <laughs> like herpes or or something terrible like that. From, that, from that carpet because that's ugh. yeah, the car- oh, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> carpet. Yeah, that was scary. He looks like and, that. And, and I, like, and I, like, you, you, you have to wonder, like, what, the light on the, on the, on the, on the uh, motel room, like, comforter, that grossed me out so much. I'm like, do you, do you, do you know what's on the comforter? Because that's just <laughs> But I also, and it's also, like, I'm, I'm curious, like, I want to ask Phil, Sarisha, or Denson, like, okay, was the direction that you drink the warm beer and it seductively dribbles out of your mouth, or does that just happen? <laughs> I'd have been like, whoa, warm beer. But it's Jensen's face, and I was like, why do you look pretty with beer dribbling out of the side of your mouth? Like, <laughs> I could just be drunkard. This is not right. Because I can. Mm. Yeah, like your, your face disturbs me with how, how I can get away with things. Jensen Ackles. It doesn't help that the camera was like zoomed in all the way either. Yeah, so I just want to know, like, did that just happen, or was this, was this a plan? <laughs> this is a he did break my heart though when he was like, "I'm good, I'm good." It's like, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know. I've enjoyed, I've enjoyed Jensen playing Mark, the Mark of Cain and Demon Dean and everything like that. I had issues with execution, but I, I, I thought he did a great job with it. No, he did a great job with it. I just think he, I think they did him a disservice with what they lacked giving him to do with it. Mm-hmm. I think he could have yeah, really argued so with much more. Well, I think it's really hard when you have, you know, Dean Winchester because this season you lost. I mean, you had Cass and Crowley carry some of the humor, you know, but when you lose that with Dean because he's going dark, I mean, you, you kind of feel it. You kind of feel like the humor kind of part of it goes away, you know? But I mean, they've had Sam be humorous before, and you could have had Sam. You could, you could have, you yeah, know, had, totally. had Jared pick up the the slack on that because Jared does fantastic humor. Yeah, and but and I don't think they even took too much humor away from from Dean. It was really just inconsistent overall in terms of the Mark of Cain. Like I. You have to. I feel like you have to overthink to get what was going on. I don't think it was. To me, the biggest inconsistency with the mark was at one point. Ooh, he's got Jedi powers, and then yes. after they're gone. That to me was the biggest mm. inconsistency. That's what I was gonna say. That's why I said when, when I liked the idea of the mark of Cain, but the execution was all over the place. Like this time last season, by twenty by twenty twenty two last season, he was like getting the shakes without the blade and spitting up blood and wanting to, like, 
drink the blood of innocence, basically. And this year he was, and you know, making the making the blade flow to him. Make and the blade this year there, Sergeant Boy. <laughs> but this year it was like Cass took the blade to wherever he took it, and Dean had no withdrawal symptoms. He had nothing, nothing. That's what I was saying. That we didn't really see the effects, like really hitting him until the finale. And even then, the effects in this finale don't match the effects of what we had seen him go through with the mark previously. And Mm. if there was an explanation for why, like, oh, well, because, you know, he had died already with it, and now, you know, that he was a demon with it, and now he's not a demon with it, and he's got, you know, tolerance and coping mechanisms. Explain it to me in some way. Yeah, even, like, right. even, if it's, even if it's utter bullshit. And he didn't want to eat, and then all of a sudden he was eating too much. And then, and then you know, like, when we had um, we had Guy B on our podcast, and we asked him about the eating, and he was like, we're like, you know, was that symbolic of anything? And he was like, no. So then it's not something the, <laughs> it's not something the writers were doing. So I'm like, well, then I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, no, we thought it'd be funny. <laughs> and it was almost like the mark had a mind of its own. It's like, oh, Dean's going to be like really, really Mark Cheney. And then five minutes later, he's not Mark Cheney. It's just, it, it wasn't like, mm. it wasn't there. It was like, it popped up when it, when the, almost like when the writers wanted it to pop up, to say. It was, yeah, it was very much a, oh, yeah, he has a mark. We should probably address that. Yeah. Oh, but but this week we're doing sort of a case of the week, so we kind of have to lessen his yeah his yeah, markiness, you know. <laughs> yes. And it just seemed like overall they were too afraid to go there with Dean, which I think is really in really weird because they really went there with Sam back with the demon blood. They really really went for it in terms of taking him super dark and you know drinking an entire person. And, yeah, and then it's well. They got there. They it took a while for them to get there. <laughs> do you think if we do a petition for solo scene, it could happen? Probably not. I thought another great Jensen and Dean scene was his Lady Macbeth moment in the bathroom uh, with washing his hands. You know. Yes, <laughs> getting rid of the blood and washing and washing out out damp spot and then seeing and seeing Cass, Cass in the mirror. And Rudy and the, yeah, all, yeah, I thought that was a all great I, scene. All I, Many trash about, all I could think about in that scene was Anya in her episode in season seven and selfless when she basically did the same thing. She just exactly. killed a whole. <laughs> she killed a whole. She slaughtered a whole frat. Yeah, and she. Oh, that's right. Bathroom, Washing her hands, looking in the mirror, feeling bad. It's like, oh, Dean's having an Anya moment. But at least with Anya, it made sense. She was actually cleaning blood off her hands. Dean was like, I, I just feel germy. Because of the carpet, hello. Well, you know, really, Lady Macbeth came first. So, well, that's no. true. I don't know. I like her tearing up the hotel room, too. So. Oh, I love watching yeah. Oh, I love that. Room. Yeah, that was great. And you know that had to have been so fun to do. Uh, oh, totally. Yeah. That's his inner inner rock star. He gets to, like, 
exactly. destroy a hotel room. <laughs> I wonder if it was God. one take or if they had to do it more than once or if it just was like we got one take, so just go for it. I, I was wondering the same thing. Take. I think yeah, it's something Jensen. I think it's something Jensen could easily, you know, do effectively in one take. Because it's like you can't, you know, put the TV back together. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Another TV. Well, I'm sure they have enough budget for old hollowed out TVs. Oh, they probably had at least. They probably had at least one extra old hollowed out. Okay, TV. okay. I'll, I'll give them. I'll give them that. <laughs> Uh, but I do think it was probably done in one take, just because I do. I do honestly think that Jensen has it down to a science, where that's something he could get done in one take uh, easily, mm-hmm. and get them the, get them the shot they need. So, unless someone else screws up something like lighting or sound or whatever, but yeah, yeah, him for sure. And that concludes my bragging on Jensen Ackles moment. Uh, <laughs> well, probably, I mean, I yeah, probably was brag listening on him again. <laughs> I mean, I'll probably brag on him again, but I realized that was very much like, of course Jensen can. Gosh. <laughs> I know. Excuse wow. me for doubting that. <laughs> How, many question, how many takes that took? <laughs> oh, oh, I, I wanted to give... Uh, I know we kind of we talked about it when we had uh, Ruth Connell on our podcast, but this, I absolutely loved the scene where we got to see a little bit of humanity with Rowena. Uh, I thought Ruth Connell was phenomenal when she showed. You could actually tell, you know, that she loved that Oscar boy, and mm. just seeing her seeing her heartbreak when she had to kill him, you know, and everything. I really, really liked that scene a lot. I I love that scene. I love her in that scene, and I love the way they played the scene where you can see how hard it is on her and the satisfaction in Crowley. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm. They were both so good in that moment. Just... She sort of screams when she when she takes Oscar and and puts his throat down in the bowl for the blood, and that noise she makes is just mm, almost like an animal Mm -hmm. cry. You know, and she's doing it, but she she hates it, but she's doing it. And I was like, wow, that's very telling of Rowena. She just came along spectacularly this season because that first oh. few episodes with her, I did not care for. I thought it was a little no. she was a little too oh, caricature, but but as it went on, she just she just found her place, and then the writing just seemed to get better. And she's just she was just glorious, and I am so glad she made it through the season alive. And, and oh, she, yeah. moving on. Yeah, because we had discussed where we were like, what is going on with this character? She's all over the place. One minute she's dark, one minute she's camp, one minute, you know. And then it all, I would say around, uh, I kind of figure, kind of around uh, Paint It Black is where she really came together for me. I am so in love from, with her. From, from yeah, there, I'm in love yeah, from there, the character just got better and better, and I'm so glad that we got to have her, you know, 12 episodes. That's, That's a lot. I mean, Mark had 11, Misha had 13, so Ruth hit dead in the middle with no contract. Mm. That's, so that, That's you know, unbelievable. And, you know, considering that, you know, like I said, Bob Singer admitted that they kind of do a, you know, throw it at the wall and see if it sticks approach. It mm. means that, like, what they were seeing in her potential 
developed throughout the season in an organic way. And mm-hmm. I like that, that, that it's not something that they thought was going to happen with her. It's just what, what Ruth brought to it and where the storyline ended up going. It all really, really worked out for me. And as for Rowena, what kind of power, what kind of power does she have? She can curse an angel. Now he's not a total hundred well, percent. Yeah. But she cursed and an it, angel and she cursed Crowley, the king of hell. So, I'm more I was more shocked that she cursed Crowley versus versus Cass. Everyone was like, How can you curse an angel? I'm like, Who said you can't? I don't I don't yeah. remember anything that ever said angels were impervious to magic. In fact, I'm pretty sure we've seen that they I mean what Metatron did at the end of the day, what Metatron did is a spell. It was just a spell for the angels to fall. Yeah, that's true. So it was just a spell. So they're they're quite pervious to magic. I but he's another like, angel. He was another yeah, angel, was and this just, is a witch. And, really and we've never seen a witch like her. We've never seen a witch yeah. like her. So I think that's that's pretty amazing. And to no, and I to thought it was really cool, hand and Crowley goes at the same time. Yeah. yeah, I was more impressed with whatever happened in that moment where she was able to have the power when it came to Crowley because we had already just seen before um, that her magic didn't work on Crowley. Mm-hmm. And so clearly something happened in that in that Maybe exchange. something she, yeah, yeah. Maybe like something she read in the Book of the Damned or the Codex yeah. or... Something. Mm-hmm. And I, I wonder if it was yeah. I wonder if it was either a trade off for what for taking the mark of Cain curse away, or if it's something she was working on in addition, mm. like without everybody mm-hmm. realizing it. Right. I felt like she she yeah. needed that book for like obviously because she's a witch and she needs like a spell book. But I also felt like she knew like when the mark of Cain probably got destroyed that she was going to have some some something done to Crowley. Mm-hmm. I always thought she she always knew like something was going to happen. I have to, like part of me feels like she read that she memorized spells beforehand. I'm sure because I mean she did say like the part of the agreement so was that she had to keep that book. Like so damn happy about that book. Like it's like no that's all trouble. Okay. <laughs> <Literally>. and, <laughs> I was going to say speaking of Crowley. I'm so glad that he's finally got his balls back and he's a, the evil <laughs> king of hell again. I was so sick and tired of wimpy, wussy, crowley. Yeah, but my king of hell, I want my king of hell to be evil. I don't want him to be some big wimp. So I was glad <laughs> get his balls yeah, back I was, there. I was going to get more into that when we talk about the, the season as a whole, but I guess we can kind of yeah. get into that. Um I mean, I'm going to be dead honest. I feel like both Crowley and Cass had just, why were you even here this season? Yeah. Why? For both of them. And it's not, you know, it's just what was the point of either one of you for the entire season? And I think especially if you're someone who is, if you are someone who is a big fan of Castiel, I've gotten to the point where, I can take or leave the character. I don't really care. Um, but I know that there are people who really do like the character. And if you do, then God, I feel bad for you because your character did jack all season. Like there was just, why were you even here? 
and there was such potential in the beginning with Hannah's, with him and Hannah, you know, not in a romantic way, but in a storyline way and exploring, you know, vessels and, and everything. And then it just kind of went nowhere. Absolutely nowhere. I think the problem is that when there's not something to fight for all of them, I think it's a lot harder to have anybody sort of be really proactive and contribute to the arc. Um, Because, like, even when you think about it, and this was, like, one of my complaints at midseason, but it was, like, not even Sam was doing that much. Now, granted, I will stand corrected when I say that he got a lot more to do in the second half of the season, but nobody was really doing anything because too much of the problem was internal. And, Mm -hmm. you know, like, they've had that kind of internal stuff before, you know, when it was solo Sam or this and that, but there was always this sort of like external force that they were still fighting and also dealing with the internal stuff. And I just feel like it was too, too much internal, even though like, yes, you had Metatron, although really the guy disappeared for so long and then showed up and then went away again. And you had Rowena, but she was sort of an antagonist and sort of not. Um, so I just, but there was you no know, big like bad. No, there wasn't. And, for me, I feel like that's the biggest misstep of the season, but that's why I'm most hopeful for next season because now we have a big bad or big bads, rather. Mm-hmm. You know, right, the Rowena and the darkness and whatever the darkness yeah, brings. I can't, I can't believe I have to spend like the next two years capitalizing <laughs> the darkness. That's the first thing I did to me after the finale. So I said, "Hilarious!" She's so angry about it, and it's so funny to me. Can't believe I have to capitalize the and capitalize darkness in my writing. Explain <laughs> <laughs> every time, every time. My problem but is either that or the first. I was just about to say my problem with the darkness because you know I figured we would talk about that when we get into like what we're talking about for season eleven, but that I'm like, so you're gonna do the first and with Buffy at the first, <laughs> it's not it is not successful. <laughs> Nobody liked it. Oh. Why are we going to do it? Okay. I'm, I'm just hopeful because of the possibilities of what it can mean. Because I think, for example, it brings the angels more into the story um, than, than they've been in a really long time. Like, there's always sort of now just been a tangential connection because Cass is still in the show and you, you've got to give him something to do when he's not around. But, um, I don't know. I feel like it's it's unifying in a way that the apocalypse was, and so it, mm-hmm, it brings yeah. more people into the story. And so Hopefully. I'm hopeful. I mean, my God, in six months I could be saying, oh, God, this is the worst. I still have to capitalize the darkness, and they're squandering everything. <laughs> but I'm still hopeful. <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's the thing. Like, in a way, I'm hoping that this, because they can't get rid of the angels because they can't get rid of Cass. Um. Wow. So, but the angels, it's just, it's, if they can I hate, really I hate find being, new I angels, hate it would be good. Like, don't give me a Malachi who we saw for, like, I can't even remember who yeah. Right. You can give me, you know, like the Zachariah character or the Balthazar. Mm. Oh, bring back Zachariah. Bring back Zachariah. <laughs> 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 
In a way, we finally yeah. got a we got a bit of that with Metatron. Finally, the last two episodes we got with Metatron, he was more of you know less of, of the whiny character, more of like an actual villain. Yeah, um, like you have a. Yeah, but again, it goes back to where I think that they, you know, you introduce certain characters and you don't know what you're going to do with them. And so you have, you know, like I say, you have Cass and Cass isn't doing anything. And you have Metatron and you have to incorporate Metatron because of Cass. And so then you incorporate Metatron and then you have this whole thing where he's talking about the rivers at the source just for you to come back six episodes later and go, I was just screwing with you. That meant nothing. Like, right. It's incredibly pointless for both characters. It's, it, it's, it's, yeah. It's, well, it's, I think, it's, I, it's I think part budget. of it, it's paint by budget writing. Yeah. Well, I think part of like in the first season, I mean, the first half of the season, um, uh, you know, they had they had to deal with, you know, getting rid of Demon Dean, but they also had to make sure that Sam is the one that is really um, fighting for his brother because they really wanted us to see that this season. So I think that's why Cass sort of had to take a back seat with that and do his own little thing and have his uh, storyline with Claire and everything like that. But, you know, I'm a big fan of Team Free Will, so I want to see... So I'm also encouraged for next season because I just want to see all of them just battling a big bad for a change. And it's, I feel like it's been a while. Mm. Concerning the angels, concerning the angels, I feel like, okay, TNT just start restarted showing season five this, this week. And so the other day there was the season five premiere and it's the first time we see Becky. And she, the first, one of the first things she says when she comes into the hotel room with Sam and Dean was, uh, great bringing the angels into the storyline, the, de- the demon storyline was getting a little tired. I feel like Becky now, except the opposite now. I'm like, bring the demons back. I'm hoping that's what the darkness is, because the angels yeah. are getting really tired. Yeah. yeah. I'm, Unless honest, they can bring back Zachariah and his and and Uriel are they going to be bringing back Uriel and Zachariah and Lu- I mean Lucifer and Adam as Michael? I mean they could all be getting out. Who knows? To be frank, I'd rather they didn't because I know. I, I don't really want to deal with these writers writing those characters. I yeah. just don't think it's going to work out very well. Mm. Um, I understand, and, and, and but I, they insist on keeping the angels. I, I want some angels. Yeah, and I'm with somebody some who, you know, I can, they somebody, all run together oh, for me, but, you know, now except for Cass. I just you don't know, think that and, it's necessarily to bring. I don't. I don't think the answer would be to bring back the same angels. They just need to develop. No, better. exactly. Yeah, I, I said, and I'm. I'm not a proponent of of Team Free Will. I think, like for me, it was very much a one time deal, and because. I don't think Cass knows really how to play well with others, no matter who the others are. He's just not good at it. He's just not good at it. He's like, yeah, totally, I'm going to go eat souls. No, wait, totally, I'm going to go with Metatron and fix heaven. And he just doesn't listen. And if he just sticks sticks with Sam and Dean, maybe they can help that out. Like, if he doesn't veer too far away from them... Then, I, have, fine. Yeah, I, have I, mean, no I have no interest in that. I would rather, I would actually rather that they would give 
half a solid separate storyline versus trying to constantly tie him into a storyline that he doesn't fit into. And I, I don't think know. I don't work. feel like they. I don't feel like they did that this season. I think they gave him a, a separate storyline, and it was just yeah, okay. But it wasn't solid. That's what I said. A uh, solid separate storyline. And they didn't give him. A I don't know if they, they can. Did, they gave. They didn't really give him a storyline. They gave Hannah Claire. a storyline and made and made cast revolve around it, and then gave Claire a storyline and made cast yeah. revolve. Around it. But in reality, they were storylines to incorporate, not not really cast, but to accommodate Nisha's contract. This is what the, the, the what they optioned to do, and I think it was a misstep. I think they should have made those things more. They should have developed things that were more about cast and less about once again him revolving around someone else. Because all yeah, cast I- does revolve around other entities constantly. I was really, really excited when we first heard about Claire coming back. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, this could be this is be a really good Castiel storyline. I'm really excited for this. I like the Novaks. You know, the Rapture is one of my favorite episodes. And and all they did was try to turn Supernatural into One Tree Hill, which is exactly <laughs> the same the thing. <laughs> Eric you never even oh. watched One Tree Hill. How dare you just put on a like that? Eric Kripke... The reason I said so, Eric Kripke always says supernatural will never be One Tree Hill, and to me it felt like a teen drama, and you know, mm. pretty fires. Or- I'll tell you right now. Let me let me tell you how bad it actually is. This was more of a teen drama than One Tree Hill ever was. Okay, well there you go. There you go. Ever. This was such a departure that, and I am a, and I'm. You know, I'm a, I'm a fan of a good teen drama. I watched One Tree Hill. I watched Pretty Little Liars. I'm way behind in Pretty Little Liars, though. I watched Degrassi. <laughs> I watched Degrassi till I was, like, 26. <laughs> like, I don't I, – I like a good cheesy teen drama or, you know, a dark teen drama, whatever. I love oh, Twisted. Oh, me too, yeah. I was really, I was you, really upset when Twisted got canceled. Um, but uh, – I Me too. This is, I love this Twisted. Is not, yeah. And I have no closure for it. I'm so upset. Um, and my mother still asks, she's like, are you sure Twisted is canceled? I'm like, Mom, it's been a year and a half. <laughs> but um, <laughs> we, were, we both watched it. So, um, but I think that it's just trying to fit it into the formula of Supernatural did not work at all. Exactly. So if I want to but I will say, out of, the three, out of the three episodes that they did with Claire, like that third one, I actually liked. That was the one I liked. I thought the first two episodes she was in, mm, not Do so I much. Do I even know but, you? The third episode I liked. Oh, oh if, oh, if I want to watch, <laughs> if that's the kind of show I want to watch, I'll turn over to ABC Family. And no, I don't, I don't need that. I don't need that on the show all the time. But I was actually surprised because I did not like the first two episodes at all. No, and I, I really did, feel like, I like did Angel like Heart was an absolute, yeah. And no, and for me, Angel Heart was the absolute definition of pointless filler. It made no it was sense. total filler. It was no. total filler. And then I, completely, I, I agree. List out of the story. The very next episode acts like that episode didn't happen at all. Like, but you, you go from the, 20 to total filler. Of, yeah, twenty one. Have you talked to Cass? Have you talked to Cass? Well, does. How long has it been since Angel Heart for you people? Jeez. 
Um, first of all, I agree that every one of the Claire episodes were just filler. That they all were. You could take them out, yes. and nothing, you know, won't change the show at all. But of the of the Claire episodes, the one that I did like the best was her last was the last one. Yeah, I, I would say uh, of the Claire episodes, the one I liked the best was actually the first one. Uh, I really did not like. I really, I, I thought Angel Heart was so unbearably boring. It was so boring. No, I didn't like Angel I, Heart. I really, it's, that's that's one of my least favorite episodes. It's one of my least episodes of the entire series in ten years. Uh I, it would it would be I would really really have loved it it probably and I said this during our podcast for the episode it would be one of my probably top thirty or fifty episodes if they had gotten the same actress back to play Amelia because to me you know the emotion got taken out from me when you know when Jimmy and her are reunited yeah. in heaven at the end. yeah if it had yeah. been the same well, actress I mean, and, and, I'd have been crying. Yeah, I don't think. Yeah, I don't think it would Becky be in my top fifty. But out of the Claire episodes, I like that. No, and Becky and I had a legitimate like argument on the podcast over it. Like we yelled at each other because <laughs> Angel Heart, Angel Heart actually like psychologically bothers me. That episode bothers me on a psychological level. Oh, let's level. not go it's down like, that road again. I'm let's not. not <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. So it's, it's it's an absolutely disturb. It's, it's it's this bizarre mixture of me, for me of utterly boring and utterly disturbing. And so for me, it's, it's, uh, and I really hate the use of this word. So understand that I'm using this word with a bit of irony, but it was nearly triggering for me, that episode. I just had, I had, I had a lot of psychological issues with that episode. Interesting. And um, I found it just for me, it was just a really problematic episode that I wish never existed. The Claire episodes are at the bottom for me in this season. I mean, we, we are going to talk about, like, our favorite eps and favorite moments and, and least favorite, and those are my least favorite part <laughs> of of this season. I, I it, it had it had possibilities, but they went they went nowhere. Um, and and oh, moments when when Claire goes off with the worst possible people and then thinks thinks she can have them kill Dean freaking Winchester. No, I can't go back there. Oh, yeah. I'm just uh, my, my, I just uh, can't. We, you know, like, you know, we all decided to write down our two worst, two favorite moments, two worst, two favorite episodes. My bad moments, one of my two is turning the show into a teen drama with Claire. That was <laughs> yeah, I, that would not, not have been that. Not would have that. Not that would not have been my my choice to go with, like a choice story to go with. Um, and I think season. I think the problem with it is, you know, like I said, Claire overall, like the episode, um, uh, the things we left behind. I always get bad in the things we carried mixed up. Okay, so the things we left behind. That episode, like I said, in and of itself, is a is an okay episode. That's a um, what well no I didn't no, no but uh, but one of my Cole. favorite moments is in that episode though yeah the one with Cole is the things we carried the one with Claire is okay. the yes. we left behind okay. so the things we left behind which is the mid season finale it's a it's an okay episode in itself it's poorly placed as a mid season finale yeah it should not have been a mid season and. And I think I would have enjoyed it more if it wasn't the mid-season finale cliffhanger and then coming back 
and being almost a two-parter going back into Claire's story. Yeah, that was. I think that, that was, was a huge pacing problem in terms of mm-hmm. the pairing schedule and the writing schedule. Huge mm-hmm. problem. And I think I would have liked, I would have liked the things we left behind more had it aired somewhere differently and not became like a structural, a thing of structural importance. Right. Um, because again, it took something that theoretically should have been about cast, which is Claire's story and made it about Claire. And then, so we're back to where, well, what's the point of cast? If it's just, is it, is it Cass's job just to show up and have people forgive him for things all the time? I don't understand the point of that. Like to see more badass cast. <laughs> yeah, the show the show is really letting the cat the character of Castiel down the last few years. They are not really giving him anything to do. They need to, to they need to decide if what kind of character Castiel is going to be. Is he going to be some goofy uh you know goofy guy who doesn't fit in, or is he going to be this badass angel? They need to make a decision, and then they need to you know bright, give him an actual good storyline for a change. I yeah. miss, yeah, Castiel has not had a good storyline in a long time. No. I vote no, that and I, do think, I do think that, I think that season seven, whoever's decision it was, had the right idea in, in, in that Cass's character had run his course. And for whatever reason, you know, it's not like I I want I don't I don't want Misha to have a job. It's not that. It's just even Misha has expressed that he's not entirely happy with the direction of his character, and he doesn't like the the goofy. You know, you know. It's a little bizarre that he's number one. First, he was the only angel that didn't understand social graces or anything, and now he's now he's the he's got all this. You know, Metatron shoved all the pop culture knowledge into his head. And he's still super weird and awkward and doesn't do anything. And I think if you want to make him a funny character, okay. Because I do think that Misha does co- like that straight man comedy delivery really well. Um, you know, uh, it's, it's, it's especially especially that. against like a, a playing against Ruth Connell in. Um, Eight twenty and ten twenty one, or yeah, ten twenty one. You know, with the pork grinds and on. I remember these from when I was human, and those moments are a little are better because it's, it's introspective with comedy. So it's got that moment of him being, you know, having this memory of being human and everything, and what that meant to him. But then it doesn't go anywhere. It never goes anywhere. Like he was completely irrelevant to the season finale. He did nothing. He did nothing for episodes and episodes. He did nothing but babysit Rowena, which, you know, why? Yeah, I didn't understand that. He gave him something to do. And I don't think it's conducive. Like, I mean, he can't... I think the best plan would be to give him his own separate story because... You can't, Cass is not the kind of character that you can say, you know, okay, well, he lives in the bunker. Okay, but he doesn't sleep and he doesn't eat, so he doesn't need a home. And, you know, Misha's contract is only for, you know, approximately half the season, so then you spend 
half the season explaining why you don't see him. Like, what is he doing in, in his room reading? You have one, we had one episode <laughs> in season nine where they're trying to explain why, why Kevin isn't there because it's just an episode that Audrey Child was not paid to be in. And he, but and he, I, I feel like it'd have to be a separate story under like the same umbrella story, like the same big picture story, because I still feel like you have, like he, you know, I think he has some really good chemistry in his scenes with uh, Jared and Jensen, and I don't want to lose anything like that, you know? I don't care what they do. I don't care who it's he's something. with. Just give him a good storyline. I don't care who is in with him. And the same well, goes for so, Mark. You know, you find Mark freaking Shepard after years of begging him. I mean, they have to court Mark Shepard. They finally get him, and this is the story they gave him? They make him a wimp. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, are you Well, at least we're a little, en- at least we're, we're a little encouraged by the fact that he finally, you know, became Crowley again, you know? Yeah, but I was unclear then, because what did it mean for, like, the finale? Because... It didn't mean anything like, for the finale, but hopefully for next sense. season. yeah. It was. I mean, like I'm hoping that now that he has an antagonist to work against, um, that's a big, obviously, probably a big problem for. Because I assume he's going to survive, but that's a big problem yeah. for. Um, I'm hoping that that sort of, you know, makes him evil again. I mean, I probably. Yeah, like what's he going to be doing with the whole darkness thing? Is that well, a good thing for I, him, or what? I you know, I don't know. A good thing for him, I think it'll. I think he'll probably team up with the boys about it because, yeah. you know, like I, I don't see how something like that would be a good thing for him, but right. um, no. I still think that with he'll ha he has like a defined antagonist now. Yeah. 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 I mean, theoretically the darkness should affect everyone. Um, I'm confused as to why it's brand new information for both, Cass and Crowley, like, I feel like those are two characters that probably should have, you know, maybe heard of the darkness before. Just saying. Might have, you know. <laughs> nobody, nobody talked about that mm. in, in Little Angel School? Nobody talked about that in Little Demon School? No, nothing? Okay. <laughs> well, I, I, I wanted to know, why didn't God just destroy the darkness? He is God. Well, he, I mean, he because did the same God thing with the Leviathans, right? He locked them away yeah. instead I, I mean, like, yeah. you know, like, it's like God is either unbearably short-sighted the, or he just wants everything to get out in the world. I don't understand which it is. Well, I mean, well, theoretically, if you look at, like, okay, like, based on, like, my religious teachings and the way I grew up, it's that God isn't there to solve your problems. God's there to give you the faith to solve your problems yourself. Yeah, but yeah, like that's why you don't run around kind going God problem. It's not my problem. It's his problem first. <laughs> you started it, dude. <laughs> Pretty sure he so, created the world. Uh, kind of his problem. So not standing next to you because you are where the lightning is going to strike. Good to know. <laughs> Uh, I will tell God that it's his problem. Don't you worry. <laughs> <laughs> you you tell him, and when you tell him, make sure I'm nowhere near you. Yeah, Rob Benedict <laughs> so the, in front of me. I will tell him. <laughs> in the supernatural universe, 
God, God yes. makes very different decisions than, than, you know, like we'd expect because, you know, we don't even know where he is. You know, he's out wandering around and going to high school theater, you know, occasionally. Yeah, and, and, that's, that's and <laughs> we know exactly what what's happening. So he's sort well, of I mean, being, here or there and then being he isn't. Omniscient so and funny. immortal. Yeah, being omniscient and immortal has got to get really boring. Yeah, and, and he's just taking a break. That's and, it. you know, I mean, they've looked for him, you know, and they can't find him. And then he he makes odd decisions in the supernatural universe, like allowing things like the darkness and the Leviathans to to remain in place. Sort of. But I guess, so, anyway. you know, there is also, you know, there is also, like, death, death talks about and, you know, the thing mm-hmm. is, is, it's not it's not just about good and evil. It's about balance, and Rowena talks about that as well. And you know, I think that's an important thing. And I think that's again kind of where it's going to have to, I assume, go with the darkness. And in terms of everybody working, you know, to to get, uh, I'm trying to say this delicately. I had a real issue with the whole we all have to work on this for Dean because poor Dean doesn't feel loved enough. Because I don't understand how the dude who everybody loves needs to be I didn't get that constantly. It makes no sense to me. Like the oh, he's always had poor self-esteem. He's always poor self-esteem. But there's a difference between having poor self-esteem and having everybody else agree that you're like. I don't know. I feel like I can't explain it right without just sounding really, really mean, and I don't want to do that. Um. Yeah, so I'm just not I mean, <laughs> okay. Yeah, okay. Like, it's more like Dean giving up, and it was just more like a rally of like, we need to like save Dean per se that not feel sorry for him, but it just felt like Dean just gave up, and they were just, before Dean was more for like, we're going to do this to save him, regardless of what he says, because Dean's just given up at this point. Like, he's considering, so to speak, suicide at this point in time. <laughs> not the first time. True. <laughs> I guess I feel like I feel like And he's not the only character and he's not the only character that has done that on the show, so Exactly. I was gonna yeah. say I feel like when Sam <laughs> is struggling, he only has Dean. But when Dean is struggling, somehow he has everybody, but the story wants me to believe that he doesn't have everybody and that everyone has to like all of a sudden realize that they all care about Dean. I'm like, what show are you all watching? Because I've been watching the We All Love Dean Winchester show for nine years. Where I- the thing is, we do know we do know that everybody loves Dean Winchester, but Dean does not know that he's always no, and that's what I'm saying. I get where Dean doesn't have the self-esteem for it. I don't get the other characters essentially enabling that bizarre belief of his. I don't know. It was just weird. No, I don't see that at all. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't either. Uh, I. <laughs> and, and there's been other people there for Sam when he was going through things. Bobby was always there for Sam and, and Dean oh, God, to get Sam Bobby. through. So no, I mean more in this current. I, mean, I don't. I mean more like in this. Like Are you talking current, about just this season? Like, like just this story? No, like in, in Carver era, I guess more. Because okay. it's it's one of the complaints that we've had, you know. And I think that's also why the storytelling suffered is because. Yeah, we always got Dean kind of being the audience, so we got everybody's point of view through Dean because Dean was constantly the one talking to other characters. Dean makes friends easier, 
But the reason that he does that is for exposition purposes. So then when you flipped it to this storyline in season eight where a Dean is so internalized and then you've never really been able to give sense. Well, there are so there are also not a lot of – but I think there are not – I mean, right now there aren't as many recurring characters that are there for the boys. I mean, everybody – has died, but he's had Cass has been there, and we see we saw Charlie be there for him this season. So I don't think Charlie was there for him this season. Charlie, I mean Charlie was there for Dean. Charlie was there for Dean, but if you go, well, I mean, I wish they did this more. In the first in the in the first episode she was in, they Sam and and Charlie were together, but they didn't show any sort of conversation. But in the was it Book of the Damned, they did have a conversation. I mean, I wish it had been more, and we had seen stuff and the earlier. Conversation was about but, her, huh? No, he no he was also no he also. If you go back and look at the conversation, because I watched it again today, um, he it, it was part of it was hers because she's like now I'm in this life and everything like that. But then he's telling her about how. When, when it all revolved around Dean, but it was um, when he was talking about um, remember Jessica? he said stuff like about Jessica, and when he was in school, it was always yeah, you know he didn't want to do this life, and then you know he he lost Jessica, and it was always one more job, one more job. So he there was a little bit of that. I just I wanted to see more of that. Yeah, I think it was a little like, like it was just. I'm not saying it was zero percent there. I just don't think it was there. Right. I just don't think there are a lot of characters around anymore. You know, I think there were a lot more characters back when when Dean was needing them. Were there really? Well, I mean, I think I feel like by this time, cool. every yeah. And I think I that mean, that have hurt a lot because she was like a father to both of them, I think that made a big difference for a long time. Yeah, but we like, lost Bobby in season seven. So, but I mean, prior, I think mean, Bobby is the only character you can really say was ever truly there for both of them on a narrative point of view, because again, storytelling wise, Dean was used as the audience, as the exposition. And right. And it was always, and it was always about saving Sam and, and Sam with his internal struggle. So this is like but, really but the first on time. The flip side, yeah. On the flip side, when you flip, when they flipped it and put it to Dean, then, you know, they started that kind of mid season eight, making it about him. Actually, no. And, and but, I think, but you, but you I think Sam and Cass had a lot of, I think they put Sam and Castle together a lot. Yeah, but did it work? Yeah, I thought I I enjoyed their their scenes together last season especially. No, I'm not saying well, I'm not saying enjoy. Like I enjoyed their their scenes in Inside Man. I enjoyed them, but again, uh-huh. it's still about Dean. I guess like here's my thing. Sam had to go take Dean's friends. In order to accomplish this, right? They don't. Ha- so, yeah. I mean, I so, I wish because I always thought Jody was one was somebody that would have been there for Sam. But like in the episode that she got started, in, they didn't really go there. No, that's what I'm saying. You know, you have, you know, you you can make the argument that they don't have the they don't have the characters, but it becomes. Um, is somebody like, on the okay. speaker? 
It's Clarissa's phone. It'll start to. Sorry, that was that was. I had to unplug for a second. My headphones. My bad. I'm I'm so used to it. I'll make it turn. No, no, no. It's back. It's back. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So yeah, I think Jody is somebody that was that always had a connection with Sam that they could have kind of utilized better when she was on the season or had her on more than once. You know, Garth is gone. You, You know, he's off being. You know, um, werewolf. Oh, or don't even, don't even get you know. me started on that. <laughs> no. You know, I mean, there, there, there's not a lot of recurring characters around right now. It's like yeah, it's but Kat I mean, and it's Crowley and it's Jody and Charlie. The whole sort of baby is not, not a lot of lot. people. Yeah, there's not huh? Cole, the and he's still alive. Oh, Cole, there's Cole. But yes. Which I actually really Which like. Which whatever, huh? I really, I really like Cole. Oh, me too. I love I really like Cole. I, I, I like the character of Cole. Mm-hmm. I love, I, I love Travis Aaron Wade. I, yeah. yeah. The only misstep I think they did with Cole is I think they should once they once they chose to cast Travis Aaron Wade for the role, I think they should have aged up the character. They should have way they, aged up the character. I think he's great as a character. Like a graphic, um, not a graphic. Yeah. I, I kind of question what I. I'm not sure exactly what purpose he served, though. I don't think he really has to serve a purpose, though. Like, I, I think that's maybe one of the well, problems. Well, to me, I thought they want to make every character mean something, and I think, like for me, that's where Charlie became a misstep. For me, is that she kept having to mean something and be important and. I don't think that everybody has to do that. I I think what they were doing with Cole's character was it seemed like almost every season there was someone that was like like an SG that was the shapeshifter. She could have been a good shapeshifter, but because of circumstances, she became like she she was bad. And um, with um, Cole, something really bad happened to him, so it kind of changed him to the point where he was hunting down a human, which was Sam. And then there was someone else. Oh, the cop. The cop in hitting 911, he started out bad, but then he got a conscience and became good. It was like the concept for some of these characters were like, what makes someone evil, per se. But like I think, I, and I do think that they tried to do that, but they've been trying to do that since last year's or even before, you know, they did that with Garth where, you know, he was a hunter, now he's a werewolf. And I think that's just something Jeremy Carver likes to play with. I don't think it was exclusive to this season. I think it's been exclusive to. The, I think it's something that's happened in the past couple seasons. Um, that's what I felt like. That was cool. That was like the yeah. purpose to show like. I think be- Cole was there to show. I think Cole was there initially to show that, you know. People can change. I have no idea. Not so much people can change. Yeah, they, I felt like I, they were. It felt like they were leading him somewhere, but then the, it didn't really go anywhere. Well, I think it was one of those things that, like, I've always wondered when it comes to Supernatural, and, you know, we've discussed on our podcast before, is Sam and Dean come into town, they, air quote, clean up the mess, and then they just leave. They leave these people to pick up their lives, and some of these people don't even get explanations. They don't know what happened. They're just like, oh, okay. And I think... You know, it's. I've always wondered, like, what it, what happens to these people afterwards? And 
I think Cole was a representation of that. As it was someone where you know Dean swept into town, killed. Yeah, Dean, I guess it just came. I just, I guess it just came at a an odd time for me. You well, know, because there was so him, much else going it, on. I think what it was is they needed somebody. They needed a character that would also be there to show at that time the kind of demon that Dean was where you yeah. have this character that's coming in I mean, and threatening Sam and you, because in order to give the opportunity for for Dean to go, I don't care. And have that take Cole back, Cole back and take, you know, the audience back and be like, wow, this is what it's like when Dean doesn't care about Sam. Because that's where they wanted to go with Demon Dean. I think they completely, did a huge disservice to the the idea of Demon Dean and to Jensen when it came to mm-hmm. that art. It was yeah, an mm-hmm. absolute waste, an absolute mm-hmm. waste. Agreed there. I think we all agree on that one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, they, it, it's very obvious that they had to do, they had to do the Demon Dean arc in a way that allowed for the 200th episode to exist. And I would have rathered a... Oh, don't tell me that. That makes me sad. <laughs> no, but I mean, it's obvious. They had to do it. They oh, had no, their idea of what they wanted to do. do. So now that I'm like, oh, now I'm mad. They, because it's very, <laughs> it's very clear that if they wanted to do the 200th episode, in order to make that work, they had to have a short version of Demon Dean. Yeah. They had to have the one episode, which is Paper Moon, in order to uh-huh. re- reaffirm their connection, in order to yeah. make episode five work because if you right. don't do all if you don't do, take those three steps you can't have this gimmicky episode that they wanted to do so there's no way that in order to in order to have the, the 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 musical you had to kill the demon and i think i would have rathered the 200th episode be something more of an extended version of of soul survivor and yeah. if you really feel you have to do a musical episode, stick it somewhere else. Make that the mid-season yeah. finale. I still would have hated it, but at least it would have made more sense. But in order to make it fit as the 200th, they had to structure the first four episodes in this specific manner. And You're breaking I my heart. I'm sorry. I can't mask, but I can logic, and I will logic you. I know, I know, I know. And now I'm going to watch that episode with such disgust now. I I absolutely yeah I it's my one of my biggest pet peeves of the season is but again it goes back to the overall issue which is pacing yeah the overall pacing. um the pacing was just off that was that's my yeah big note for the and season it, has, it, has it was been, with everything yeah um. Which I guess if we want to go ahead and everywhere. But but I like the I like the two hundredth episode way more than you did, but I also feel like it would have been better if it were later in the season so we could have had a longer Demon Dean. Arc, the but. entire world liked mm. the this episode more than I did. I hate that episode. <laughs> I loathe it. I Except loathe for, it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm not even Tina, I will Tina, watch. Knows, Tina knows that I don't like it because I told yeah. her that night to the 200th party in LA. Clarissa, Clarissa is the only person I have 
just <laughs> too shoulder to cry on about that episode because I, I'm not joking when I say I would watch Bloodlines on a loop. Oh my God, no! Oh I, no! I hate the 200th. I'm not even kidding. I cannot stand that episode. I loathe it. But Bloodline's the worst. Exactly. That's my uh, point. Uh, I can't. I'm surprised you're still talking. As bad as that is, <laughs> as bad as Bloodlines is, I would rather watch Bloodlines again <laughs> than watch the, the 200th episode. No. I just can't. I cannot with that episode. I cannot. And mostly, predominantly for the reason I outlined. I think it was just it had no, but first of all, you know, after Sykes and after uh, Buffy, like, everybody else stopped. No more musicals. You, you're not worthy. You are not worthy. Stop it. Psych and Buffy dropped the mic on it, and nobody else gets to do it. Just stop it. Do not. <laughs> and Scrubs. The Scrubs one was good. But even the Scrubs one wasn't as good as, as Buffy and Psych. The fine, but a lot of my issues with the 200th come from the fact that it was it existed solely to put fandom in a blender, and it was but a what? detriment to the. Well, it just put fandom. It put fandom in a blender. Like you're saying, all fans are like this, and it didn't work. Oh, uh, like uh, like I've like I've said, I I watch the show with my mom, and my mom's not in fandom. She's not online. She doesn't you know, read meta, she doesn't go to forums, she doesn't read articles, none of that. She'll listen to a podcast if we have somebody that she likes on, so she'll listen to, like, Ruth and Jensen, and that's about it. Um, <laughs> so, I think she's listening to, like, not, not you. And, <laughs> No, yeah, she doesn't care. Oh, no, she, she listens to our Kings of Con one. So, like, it's specifically if it's something she cares about. So she's not in, and so I spent the entire 200 episodes trying to explain things to her versus, like I said, French Mistake, which works whether you understand meta, I mean, you, you're in fandom and or you're not. So if you know that Jensen Ackles was on base, but the lies, 200th episode was the, But the 200th episode was supposed to be solely for the fans of the show. Yeah, but see, that's the, see, that's the problem. Audience, are, audience and fandom are two different things. So he, So the episode exists for fandom, but a majority of your viewing audience is not fandom. That's why I say, like, the French mistake works because if you're Spanish about Jen Sackles, you know he was on Days of Our Lives and ha, 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 wink, wink, nudge. Yeah. If you're not, then it's just the idea that Dean Winchester would be on Days of Our Lives. That's funny. Yeah. You know, well, the idea I mean, that here's you the thing. Like, I... Padalecki is married to Genevieve Padalecki in real life. Yeah. And ha, ha, wink, nudge. If it's not, then in the show it sounds married to Ruby. Ha, ha, funny. The 200 episodes. Yeah, I mean, but I, straightforward fandom. It was straight fandom, but I, you know, I know a few people who had broken up with Supernatural for a while, like for years, and went back and watched the 200th episode, and they loved it. Oh, good for them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's. I think it's terrible. I think it's absolutely terrible. And I don't. I think it's a bad. So I think it's like like it's so bad. Like oh the 
supernatural. It's about the emotion, and it's about, and that's why I see. Oh that well, there's some of it was just a little I too know. on the nose, wow. you know. I mean, like, come I on. I don't but... even feel like it was. Like it wasn't even making fun of itself. It was making fun of us, and I just no, 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 no. <laughs> I loathe it. I loathe it. Alrighty. So yes, for the for the two bottom episodes or whatever we talk to that talk about that, obviously that's my number one bottom episode. That is my number one bottom episode. What a shocker. I am shocked of all of in fact all supernatural time. This is brand new information. I know. I was holding back and not telling you, but I figured it was time to come clean. Uh yeah, it is just the worst episode of Supernatural that ever existed. Okay, so okay, so let's. Do you want to go ahead and do our worst moments, worst episodes, then? Because yeah, let's can, do worst and then best, so we can go on a high note. Okay, my my two worst moments. I already named one, which was the turning the show into a teen drama with Claire, and then the other one was um, Dean saying that Sam should be the one on the pyre. Oh, that was awful. And then my two worst episodes were Girls, Girls, Girls and Paint It Black. Next. Um, Oh, who's going next? Uh, We'll see. Amanda, go ahead and go. Okay. Um, Angel Heart and Paint It Black were my least favorite episodes. And my least favorite moments, I don't know, maybe I'm just looking at it way too much, but I I never caught it, but when I was rewatching it, Hannah taking her clothes off in front of Cass, I don't understand the point of that. <sighs> I understand it was just for a joke, but they were literally talking about how she's the best one, how this is the person inside me while you're taking your clothes off in front of someone else. I agree. And we just found out you're married. That was horrible. And you, for the same reason you say, it makes no sense. It makes no sense it in the narrative. No world to no end. And um, yeah, it, when they it wouldn't. To save the world. I didn't. I didn't, I, 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 I agree. I <laughs> and it wouldn't have been, it wouldn't have been upsetting if they would have stuck with the whole angels don't care kind of thing. But to have it in yeah. the same episode where she's talking about how conscious she is of her vessel and her vessel is conscious too, and then it was weird. Yeah. Then it was bothersome. So yeah, that I definitely is. agree. Definitely agree. And I, I, you know, we talked about this before, but when they say Cass was able to save the world, he helped. <laughs> it irks me. But I just, oh, that episode. Um, okay, so we're saying least, right? And then we're doing phase? Uh, right now, it's least. Okay, so, so someone else first. So then, uh, Susan? Um... My worst moments, I think I mentioned I'm not big on Claire moments. I can't get too specific, but I just, she's just no. And episodes probably, <laughs> the the um, ones already mentioned, I'm not, uh, Angel Heart, Painted Black. Um, there's, I you know what, I think I've wiped this episode out of my mind. I can't, all I remember is, it was the episode where Dean drove eight hours out of his way to see a girl. That's my bottom and bottom moment. That's one of my bottom moments. That's in, that's in yeah, girls, girls, girls. Thank you. That's and, in which episode? I I episode. <laughs> girls, girls, girls. I yeah. I, I wrote meh next to that episode, so that makes that makes perfect sense. So yeah, those are my things. 
Claire didn't work for me, unfortunately. So anything she did in those episodes, and then the episode with Dean driving eight hours, eight hours out of his way to we see match. a girl, it made absolutely. Oh, match. oh, right, and he he that was when he got the date on on the online app, right? Yes, yes, yes. yes. That was my, that which, was which was yeah. so weird coming after he was like a demon, you know, it, it was so weird. That's one of my, um, I guess. Oh, I forgot edits. about that. Yeah. Okay. So I'm not going to cheat. So then you're, Susan yeah, and I your moment. Susan and yeah. I agree. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, Tina. Oh, okay. Um, oh, wait, my... Susan, did, you your full ep- did you do your episodes also, Susan? I'm sorry, what? Yeah, she said, she said paint it black and girls, girls, girls. Oh, yeah, 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 okay. Yeah. I'm kind of, with Susan, I'm painted black and girls, girls, girls. Those were really bad. With a, yeah, side, of paper, with a, side, with a side of paper moon, sorry. And um, yeah, and my and my worst moments besides Claire, because I think Claire is just you know a given. Um, is like I actually yeah. didn't like when Dean, I didn't like when Dean was cured at the end of um, Soul Survivor. I uh, it was just too easy, and he didn't really. It came too early. It came too easily. Um, and I just, I just, I didn't want that story to end, so I didn't really like that moment. So, um, and then Charlie's death, I just didn't like it at all. Okay. Clarissa? Okay, so my bottom two episodes, one was fan fiction, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) I just, I didn't, I didn't like how fandom was portrayed because I felt that as someone in, like, my sister is the person who introduced me to this show. In mid-season five is when I started watching, and she has still watched the the show, and sometimes we watch it together, um, but she's not in fandom. And I feel like, you know, just because of my involvement with the show that uh, I am part of fandom. And I just didn't, I didn't feel represented in that episode. And I don't really like how fans were represented, but that's, Anyway, so that's my opinion. And then the other one is the angel heart. And I think primarily because of, I felt no emotional resonance because they weren't the original actors. And I wish that, I feel like we would have felt something because like when they brought back Sarah or um, some other characters, like you felt, or Tessa after so long of not, you know, seeing them, you felt like, okay, these are the actors um, and they and Tessa could have been someone different because she was a reaper. You could have put her in a different body. Um, but like to not have those original care actors there, if you couldn't bring them back, I don't see what the point of having that emotional payoff when it wasn't those people. But anyway, so those are my two bottom episodes. And then my two bottom moments was probably Rowena, specifically in Girls, 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 because I thought she was really campy, but she's totally grown on me to the point where... I can't wait to see her back next season. Um, and then the bottom, the second bottom moment, it's very specifically Claire and the creepy substitute father and the things we left behind. Because, yes, I get it. She was like, oh, you know, her life was hard. And, and I don't want to downplay that, but, like, 
how are you not totally creeped out this, by this guy who basically yeah. looks like a child molester? I don't understand. He is so, and then what you do as a result of him dying, I just, I couldn't, I couldn't embrace that. Yeah. It really yeah. me out. And, and I was really upset with that because the actor who plays that role was on Days of Our Lives with Jensen. When yeah, you know they were on stage, were alive at the same time. Yes, Rourke Critchlow. I love Rourke Critchlow, and I was so disappointed with with what they had him do. Ugh. He's Mike Horton, for goodness sakes, Mike Horton. Exactly, Horton. not a child molester. <laughs> <laughs> and for me, like obviously, I I hate fan fiction with a burning, burning, burning passion. Um, how how much do you hate it, Penny? I'm not. I'm pretty unsure. I want to put it <laughs> on a rocket ship, and I want to send it to Mars, oh, and then I want to blow up Mars. I want to blow up Mars. Okay. I, yeah, that that sounds like a lot. That sounds like a lot. Yeah, I just wanted to be clear that I just I do not like that episode. Um, and I'm getting I, I'm getting the feeling that you don't like that fan fiction episode. That I, I don't I'm know. not a fan. I'm, I'm, I'm just not trying a fan. to get that feeling from it. Are you not I a fan of that fiction? And I gave, I let Clarissa have Angel Heart because it was my other bottom two. So I let her have Angel Heart. So my technical third place least favorite, but it's really my second place, is There's No Place Like Home. Um, oh, okay. I don't, I don't understand the episode. I don't get why, I don't get why Charlie's revenge side was a ninja. I don't, I don't get it. I don't understand, like, like how she went to Kill Bill and like the Kill Bill analogy was just so heavy and then to the point where the other part of Charlie like the good Charlie was basically still Charlie and I didn't I don't think that I don't think it made sense like your dark thoughts don't make you don't make you stronger physically necessarily and I didn't like the idea that why Dean had to apologize for kicking her ass but she didn't have to apologize to Dean for kicking his ass I don't. I don't know. I felt like it. It just. It kind of fell into the whole. Uh, it just got really tropey for me, and I didn't. I didn't like. I didn't. I didn't under, I didn't think it made sense. Um, just, it was so so you know, for me. I just. It wasn't I didn't the bottom, it. but it wasn't the top. Yeah. Um, bottom moments for me was the the dating app in Girls Girls Girls. Uh, the whole. I like, forgot about that. Reason. For the same yeah. reasons, like, since when does Dean Winchester drive eight hours to get laid? Why is he using the dating app? Why is And he getting on the dating app. app? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Why is yeah. he using Impala 67? <laughs> Why is he using his real picture? Like, this is a man who is technically legally dead and formally wanted by the feds. And he's on a dating app? I think it's absolutely preposterous. And, yeah, like, you just got off your demon bender uh, and being completely hedonistic, and you've always been a hedonistic character, so why are you using the dating app to be additionally hedonistic? And then why on top of that did you drag Sam with you? <laughs> like, it just, uh, I mm. think the whole opening to that, like, yes, it's... it's it was of, so funny, awkward. 
But it's it's funny somewhere else, but it doesn't make sense. And then, you know, to have Robert Barons basically go on, on Twitter and say, like, you know, Jensen made a joke at Comic-Con, and I wanted to take this joke, and I forced that joke into my episode. And I'm like, yeah, you really did, dude. You really did force it. <laughs> so I think that was just a problem. Um, and then my other bottom moment is, um, and this is one of those just weird personal things, uh, I get, like, secondhand embarrassment really, really, really easily. And so Demon Dean doing the karaoke and the people booing him and everything. And just how, <laughs> like, just in general, how kind of pathetic Demon Dean was. I didn't like it. I was, I was, I was so, I was so hoping for a badass Demon Dean. And he just ended up being kind of sad and pathetic and lame. And just, uh, I get, it, made, it made me super uncomfortable. Except in Soul Survivor, like when he's chasing Sam through, the bunker and everything. Well, I'll get to that in a minute. Okay, so those are all of our bottoms. Um, but we do have good things to say about the season too. So <laughs> everybody has everybody has a top two apps and top two moments as well. So want to go in the same order? So it was Becky. Okay, my favorite moment. Um, I love the Dean and Kane fight in Executioner Song. Loved it. Basically, anything with Tim Amundsen did, favorite moment. Um, and then, which would be a shock to nobody, but Bobby being back in Inside Man, <laughs> that, was, that was just the best thing ever. Mm-hmm. And I, I love seeing him back and kicking ass and being smart and helping the boys, you know, doing what he always did. And and I love that it had an open ending because I'm crossing my fingers that that means we get more Bobby next year, even though I'm still disappointed that the whole time being time change being different because what's his face? The uh, Crowley's son is still alive and it's supposed to change things that that never happened. Um, but and I told you it wouldn't, I told you I it wouldn't <laughs> It could have been so good. It could have been so good. But I'm hoping that that means Bobby will be back. You know how much I love Bobby. So that's those are my favorite moments. And then um, my favorite episodes from the season are Ask Jeeves and Book of the Damned. And Ask Jeeves was just, it was just good times. It was, you know, felt like the classic Supernatural episodes that, we caused us to fall in love with the show to begin with. It was, it had funny moments. It had scary moments. It was just an all around good episode. It, 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 there was, there was no fault, nothing at all wrong with that episode. It was perfect. Um, book of the damned. I liked it because it brought the myth arc together. It had really good, all the characters had really good moments in it. I liked, um, bringing in the Steins. I thought the Steins were good bad guys. You know, brought, brought them in. I just really, really thought it was an all-around good episode. Hmm. <laughs> uh, Amanda. Oh, God. I feel like I'm going to get kicked off the island right now. <laughs> I, if I didn't no, expect uh, you off the Everybody else gets to say, yeah. Everybody gets to say. Everybody gets their opinions. Nobody is ever wrong on our podcast. Uh, um, on our podcast, really all, like, of, 
opinions. We, we respect all opinions, even if we don't agree with them, because we're grown-ups here. And we tell, Clover, <laughs> tell Clarissa that. Tell Clarissa that. <laughs> oh, I, mean, I, never, I never told you you couldn't like the 200th episode. I just said we couldn't be friends if you liked the 200th episode. Yeah. yeah. I mean, here's the thing. You're allowed to have your opinion. We're just going to internally think you're wrong, and that's fine. But notice, I let, I let Becky talk about Book of the Damned, and I said nothing. Everybody, did you notice that? I said nothing. I, kept, I didn't say anything. <laughs> I, let her, I let her praise the episode. I allowed it without any external judgment. External I, judgment. I really See, ben, about a boy. Benny and I never agree, but yes. Yeah. We still love each other. So. <laughs> I really love that boy. Um, Amanda, yeah. hang on one second, hon. Just one second. Okay. Okay. We've got about three. We've got about three minutes or so left of our live on the air podcast. Sometimes supposedly. it keeps going after that. <laughs> yeah, suppose. Yeah, supposedly sometimes it keeps right on going, and everybody can hear us. But just in case, um, I just want to just want to say, is there is there any specific news or announcement we need to make and also we just want to say thank you very much to everybody for listening to us um <laughs> carry on <laughs> all season with our <laughs> podcasts and discussions of craziness we really really appreciate it um i think overall we've had a good time um uh we will be back for season 11 along with Supernatural. Um, we'll be around over the summer, probably not with any regularity. And who knows what we'll do. We, I think we still have some episodes in season two to go back and uh, discuss. Right? And, yep, yep, yep. Um, yep. And Becky, do you have any, like, announcements or news or anything? Uh, we um we've talked with Tracy Gurney and T Public, so we're going to continue um, with Tracy and, and the T Tuesdays and T Public starting this Tuesday. Those will be back around. Um, uh, as far as news, I can't think of anything else. Oh, Mark Shepard's birthday is today. Happy birthday, Mark Shepard. Mm-hmm. Um, yay. <laughs> and that's all I could think of. Yeah. Once we have um, hiatus, it gets slow. News gets slow. Yep. Okay. So Amanda, Amanda. Really, really back to Amanda. <laughs> I just I don't know why I just really gravitated for that episode. I liked the Sam and Dean moment, even though it wasn't really Dean, which says a lot. Um, which episode was that? Which one? About, about a boy. About a boy. Um, oh, good episode. I really loved that episode a lot. And then, like, I did as well. Sam was like, Me like, too. He was just, he was willing to stay young, and Sam's like, no, 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 no. I want, I want you back. Like, no. Um, I don't know. I just like that. I, I like, I gravitate towards the brother episodes. And I really like the Werther project. Mm-hmm. Yes, it was, yes. It was really dark, but. I mean, it was also really, really good and really well acted by everyone. Mm. So I really liked that episode. I agree. Good one. Another good one. Mm-hmm. Mm. And then fan <laughs> but I can say that. <laughs> and then my favorite moment. I wasn't shocked to see that moment, but the moment where in Paper Moon where the boys were just relaxing 
in front of like some kind of beach and just talking. Oh we don't yeah. Do that very often. So I was kind of in shock mm-hmm. to see that moment, and I really liked watching that moment. But then of course they're like, you see that thing in the paper, <laughs> like. They, and then um, it was in Brothers Keeper, and it was when I think actually I have two. Um, it was Sam says to Dean, "You'll never ever hear me say that the real you is anything but good," because we all know Dean never feels good about himself, no matter how many times people tell him. Um, so sometimes he needs a kick in the head. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's true. This gets my self worth. It's really upsetting. Um, and then Sam saying, I'm saving the cast when he says, I'm saving my brother. I've been the one out there messed up and scared and alone and Dean did whatever he could to save you. And he's like, yes, it's become his thing. And I just love the way Jared like shakes his like hands and has like, it's become his thing. And then he's like, I owe him this. I owe him everything. I just, I like that. I, I like I, your choices. I'm, I'm a sucker for the brother moment. Mm. I am. I am. <laughs> mm. Yeah. I'm going to I love your choices. You are good choices. Yay! You're still on the show. No, you're still on island. You are still with us. Yeah. <laughs> one of your choices was almost one of my choices, and one of your choices is one of my choices. So, Oh, my choices. gosh. Wow. Yay, choices. Uh, mm. So that would be, okay, Susan, who's next? Okay. Um, one of my favorite episodes also has one of my favorite moments in it, and that is Inside Man. I just... I just loved that episode. We had a couple of episodes that were okay, but then this one came and then we had a run of like three amazing episodes and that was the first one. And it was, it was the return of Bobby and I didn't know how much I I missed Bobby until I got him back. And it was so good to see him, but, and I love that part of the episode, but the whole episode was terrific because it was a whole episode. I mean, the storylines, the characters, everything was, was balanced. Everybody got something to do. Uh, it moved right along. I just thought it was a, a, a fantastic episode. I loved the whole thing. And the moment in it that I loved and was one of my favorites that got me was was Bobby's letter at the end. <laughs> and and him reading, uh, you know, uh, reading the letter out loud and eats it off, you know, kick it in the ass, keep fighting. And Bobby, that was just like, oh, my God. And then the angels <laughs> all come in and, and standing and I'm like, I was just, ah. So that's favorite episode, favorite moment. Um, another, gosh, another favorite moment. I love the episode, too, the ex- executioner song. But the favorite moment was actually at the beginning because it was Kane getting into the prison and going down death row and just the lighting, the music and tapping on the cell doors. I just visually and everything for me, I just thought it was great. I rewound it over and over again. And um, my other episode, I think I've got to say the Werther project again, for many similar reasons as inside man, just everything was great and interesting and balanced and a lot was going on, but I didn't feel like one part was rushed or neglected. It was great to see Benny again. And, and there's another favorite moment in that at, at the end with Sam almost dying with his blood to open the box and then Dean coming in and saying, then let it have mine. And it took both of them to do it. And it had to do with the mental letters and the past and them. And it's for me a great brother moment. And, And anyway, that's it, I think. So, yes. Yeah. Okay. 
Okay. Um, my I'll start with episodes. I the Executioner song was probably my favorite. Um, for Kane alone, uh, but specifically for the Kane Dean scene, which was probably my favorite moment as well, or one of my favorite moments. And then my other episode was the Prisoner because we got to see finally unhinged Dean go off on everybody. And also, Crowley got his groove back in that episode, and there was an actual quality Dean casting in that episode, too, so um, I like that all around. And as far as the moments, I in Reichenbach, I really liked when Sam finally caught up with Dean in the bar. I thought Jensen just did a really amazing uh, work in that scene, and then it continues with that Dean Cole fight because I thought that was choreographed very well um, in that episode. And then I also liked, even though I didn't like the mid-season finale, I really liked the moment where um, Sam and Dean told Cass about the about their past when John Winter when they were in New York with John and they that went was, to the farm. That was huh? one, that was that almost made it into my favorite moments. That was I was yeah. waffling because I love that too. <laughs> I just love that that that's probably like that and Dean Kane. Dean Kane uh, <laughs> are my favorite favorite moments of the that. entire season. I just really love hearing about John Winchester in a good light, you know, because we've yeah. we've we've heard about him in not so great light in the past and this I feel like they're starting to redeem him again and and hopefully they will actually get John Winchester back on the show and it won't be a horrible thing and he won't have to live down all these horrible things anymore. So I think that's my two episodes and my two moments. Yeah. Okay, so I literally just a second realized that my two favorite episodes are both by Andrew Dog, which is interesting because sometimes it can be hit or miss for me. So unlike I like Susan, him. Unlike Susan, I miss Bobby every day. Uh, so Inside Man <laughs> was my favorite episode. Clarissa, every day, we, Clarissa and I. Stand on this what? island, maybe alone. I don't know, but no. stand on this island uh, together. That, Clarissa, <laughs> you and I, you and I wave the Bobby flag every day. It's yeah, okay because Rufus and, and I come and visit you guys on that island regularly, so That's it's okay. Fine. Bobby and Adam, <laughs> Becky and I. Oh no, yeah, you're all you're all on that one. But anyway, <laughs> um, so Inside Man, I really loved it. I loved the. And Rose and Crowley stuff. I love, um, I love the Captain and Sam stuff. I love, love, love Bobby, um, and I really like that whole episode. And then I really liked Reichenbach. Um, yes, for, yes. For the same reasons that Tina said, like, but for me, okay. it wasn't even just the end. Although the end stuff was great, but even like, we sort of got that was really where Dean and Dean, yes. I agree that we didn't see enough of him, you know, being sort of bad. Um, but I feel like that was the episode where we sort of got that opportunity a bit more. Um, oh, my God. So We're still really on like the same that. page with that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then my favorite moment, obviously, uh, you know, of course, Cole receiving a fax in the season premiere. <laughs> 
like that fax machine should have come back. And I'm really super pissed that it didn't. And I will be having choice words with Jeremy Carter at Comic Con. <laughs> so I'm you better not. Clarissa, you better not, that better not be one of the questions. That is one of the questions. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> you can hear the answer to that question. Okay, so, for real. Uh, one was Cole talking to Dean on the phone at the end of the season premiere. I thought the two of them played that scene so well. It was almost like dark banter, and Dean was so creepy in it, and Cole was just like, really sassy um i love that scene and just like sam quietly in the background as his brother is basically like i don't i don't give a shit about you dude um (laughs) and then interestingly enough the one thing that i liked from fan fiction was the girls singing carry on my wayward son i may have hated the rest of that episode but that was one of my favorite things that was my top three top three moment yeah. So those are my moments. Yay! So for me, my episodes are Ask Jeeves. I think Ask Jeeves is just—it's—it's it's probably mm. the top ten. It's—it's well, top ten is hard with Supernatural. It's, it's been on forever, but it's at least a top twenty episode for me. I just—it mm. was a good, a good monster, a good story, a good way to tie in. What could have been a really, really clunky advertising for the board game, but wasn't. I love the movie Clue so much, so, so much. And I just thought everybody was great in it. And then I love the emotional moment of, you know, Sam calling Bobby their surrogate father. And just, I just, that episode was just perfection. And you know who wrote that, right? <laughs> oh, actually. You know who wrote that? Uh, Charmelo and Snyder. Yeah. I yeah, love Charmelo and Snyder. Interesting. I love that episode, too. I don't know. Yeah, I, me, too. I, I liked it, yeah, too. I loved me it, too. too. I, liked, I was shocked. There's, oh, there's only, like, I did. There's only, like, one Charmelo Snyder episode that I'm not crazy about, which is um, Mannequin 3, The Reckoning. Oh, my God. The rest, well, I, obviously, I, nobody likes that. Yeah. <laughs> but, um... No, I actually really, I, I'm. if anybody would like to sign my petition um, on petition.org, it's Charmelo and Snyder for showrunner. Um, <laughs> oh, no, yeah. thank you. I watched I watched Ringer. Sorry. Hey, you shut up. Sarah. Hey, we're not the showrunner. I watched there. it. <laughs> um, and then my I liked other... Ringer. I, was in the I liked it, but um, there was fun. another time. <laughs> Clearly, it wasn't their fault. Clearly. Um, <laughs> uh, and then my other favorite is, seems to be kind of, uh, you know, uh, but it was Werther Project. I loved the Werther Project, too, um, mm. for, the same, for the same reasons it was discussed. And I loved, I loved Rowena in it. I loved the, I loved the Rowena that was in Sam's head. And, like, I liked the way that was done where... I just, I just, I liked the idea of her being somebody that's in Sam's head during this. And then I liked seeing Benny again. I liked seeing Purgatory again. And I liked the idea of Dean going through what he's going through with the Mark of Cain and going back to the idea that Purgatory is a form of solace for him. 
Yeah. And, mm-hmm. um, but then, you know, but then getting the, getting the, the flip of that, of the, of them working, of them working together. Cause obviously like that's the formula show. The brothers should be working together. And we got so stretched away from that over the past couple of years. So to see that reinforced and it was just, I just, I really, really enjoyed that episode. And I liked, um, I like the tight feeling of it be, being in the being in the house, being filmed almost in a bottle format. I like that tight feeling of it. And then my favorite moment, um, uh, I'm going to call this a tie for one because it's from the same episode, but it's uh, from the Executioner song, which I don't, which I kind of think is a semi-boring episode as a whole, but has really great moments. Yeah. Um, so, but I love Dean and Kane's fight, and then when Sa- when Dean comes down the stairs and falls, and oh falls, yeah, just that that yes. entire la- like eight minutes so, is so good. It's so rewatchable. <laughs> yes, um, and it's one of those moments that yeah, like you can pull it out of the episode and just watch it on its own for like its own for like just gratification purposes. Not exactly, purposes. and I have. <laughs> <laughs> And one of my other favorite hmm. moments is from that episode also. I love the scene of Cass and Kane in Kane's Killing Fields. I think that scene is gorgeous, first of all. I think it's oh, beautiful. It's so well shot. And it's, so it's, cre- it's, it's the first time in a long time that it's creepy. Yes, we hadn't seen the show look like the way the show used to look. And it just looks so so Vancouver-y, but um, really, really cool. <laughs> and I like the way it was shot and just the tension between uh, Kane and Cass. And I think Misha and Tim were just fantastic in that moment. Um, and it was something that could have been really clunky, clunky exposition, but they were able to shoot it and act it in a way where it came off really, really tight. And I thoroughly enjoyed it it is a moment that when that scene started i actually it took my breath away a little bit with how gorgeous it was was beautiful so tie for those moments because they're from the same episode and then my other favorite is from the inside man when uh crowley and rowena have their final argument and he kicks her out and then when, you know, we get to the end of the episode and she's walking down that long stretch of street with the bags in her hand, and there's no dialogue, but the way it's shot and the way Ruth is walking, you feel everything in that moment. And I think, mm-hmm. it, was, I think it was fantastic. So two of my moments, I will say, were partially, were majorly based in the cinematography because I just love the way they were shot. So those are my favorite moments. Mm. Um, but I, I think overall, I think season, I think season eight through eight through ten in general has a lot of pacing issues. So I'm hoping for season eleven to kind of get a little more cohesive, and I'm hoping with a big bad or multiple big bads that we do get some cohesion. I count and some, four. I'm excited I count for four. it. It counts four big bads for season so eleven. Yeah. Yeah. Darkness, Darkness Metatron, Rowena, Metatron of killing death yeah. and Metatron of the Dead. Yeah. yeah. So, and yeah. if you want to say he's probably getting his balls back is potentially a big bad as well. Yeah. So, so, so which could actually be a problem. 
We went from many big bads, and this might be a problem. Oh, Lord. Yeah, it's a lot of big bads, I think, like. Rowena and maybe one other um, there, you know, would be more than enough. But that there's like four things going on here. So I right. feel like well, I mean, they sort of given everybody a big bad to deal with. So I feel like um, not that Metatron is is exclusively Cass's, but because he holds his grace, I think that if you're if you're gonna have to sort of send Cass off for a few episodes to deal with something, Metatron could be. And then the same for mm-hmm. Rowena with Crowley. Yeah. And then I yeah. expect that the darkness will sort of bring everybody together um, mm-hmm. at the end. But my expectation is that the Winchesters will probably be dealing more with the darkness and maybe even in, in some sort of day-to-day cases. Um, right. Where the Monster of the Weeks could, could right. pinch on how the capital D-capital darkness. <laughs> 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 you guys, I have to capitalize. Wait a minute, are we capitalizing or not? What's the consensus on this? Because it is the darkness. It is the darkness. Okay. You are, you know. <laughs> so I have to capitalize both. All right. So, um, but, like, depending on how it manifests, and, I mean, that's the big that's the big issue, right? Is it one thing that they have to defeat? Is it multiple things, like, with the Leviathan? I don't know. Um, but I think that, you know, they sort of did this psychological introspection season, and I don't know. There was good moments. I don't know if I would think that it worked as an experiment, um, but I'm sort of hopeful that the darkness is like the apocalypse in a way, and it gives everybody something to do and something to strive for, and will probably, I would think, carry us to season 12. I'm going to put one more big bad out there is, um, you know, so... Sam and Dean sort of caused this whole darkness issue. There might be people out there who find that out and might be out for them. Yeah. Uh, Isn't anybody else like screw these guys? Like when they sent them to heaven, what's those those guys who who killed them? They're like, "Uh, these guys kind of suck. I remember that. And I was really excited Mm. about that. And that never happened. (laughs) I don't understand. Yeah. I really hope that it gives us an opportunity to meet other hunters because I feel like that. Right. They're going to be out. I, I feel like they're going to be out for blood, like Roy and Walt from Dark Side well, of the Moon. Even, even, if it's, even if they're working in concert to fight this thing together, I would really, I'd like to see the reintroduction of the angels with the idea that they can help with the darkness as long as the right. characters are interesting and they cast the right actor or actress. But I mm-hmm. also really hope that we get to see more hunters because I feel like especially when Bobby went away that was sort of like our last link to it and we get more of the men of letters yeah. but I, I really miss the hunters so yeah I, I totally agree and I think it's the hunters selfishly the darkness and the hunters I just does that mean we can have coal again I think you can have coal. I don't see why not. Yeah. I'm just selfishly. <laughs> I just we can have Jody and Donna and we can have coal. I just and want Travis Aaron Wade to sassily lean against things and have his eyes in things. And I like, just, can I look at your eyes all the time and just be, while you sassily lean against the Impala because you give zero Fs about the fact that it's the Impala, and I respect that about you, sir. Yeah. 
And if he can, <laughs> I don't know. If he, I like if how they, unintimidated Cole is by, by Sam and Dean. I, I enjoy that immensely, that he's just like, I don't care who you are. You are nothing to me. If he can bring his tan mafia, his chihuahuas, along with him for uh, <laughs> I would love that so much. So, I like all the thought he puts into to Cole and everything, and I loved his explanation of how he was nicknaming or how he how how the nicknames Dino because he he understood you know him calling Sam Sammy is kind of mm, yeah I didn't like that not good I don't like and, that. and 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 then and then I was so okay with and it. his explanation was very thoughtful and very interesting and I I recommend finding it because it, it made a lot of yeah, sense. Two things I really enjoyed about like Travis Aaron Wade and Rufy Connell. So they are two actors who didn't have, you know, you know, they didn't have, they didn't come into supernatural thinking this was going to be like the end all be all show for them, you know, and they put so much thought into their characters. And I, that's something I always enjoy when actors do that because I think it's respectful, respectful to your craft and respectful to your job to actually put a thought into what your character's motivation and both of them did that. And I thought that they, I thought Tim I thought Tim Amundsen did that massively. Yeah, he did I, as well. Oh my god! He did like, well. <laughs> and then you know he used his gallivant hair to like good effect as well. You know, I, I love, thought that was can, amazing. Can sidebar: If you don't so watch well. gallivant, you should because I adore it. But that's a yeah, it's bar. a good job. It's I work for Galavan now. <laughs> <laughs> so, I hope this is um, yeah. But I do um. I guess you know, speaking of 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 Amundsen and Kane, I guess that does kind of answer the question whether Kane is really dead or not. Then though, huh? Oh yeah. Terms- I wonder if they realize that. I probably not. Because um, I realized it now. <laughs> I, ju- I I realized it the other day, and I meant to to mention it, and then I was going to mention it. I almost forgot to mention it today, um, because yeah, if if there is a lock, then there must be a key. So then there's no more <laughs> lock or key, and ergo, everything is dead. And that just yeah, that hit me the other day, and I was like, wait a minute. But I also think that probably you know. I don't. I I would venture to say that I put more thought into that moment than other people may I have. I started so. to say you're you're putting too much. You know the writers don't put as much I'm thought into it as you just did. So. <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead and say that's probably true because even you know if they want to bring back Kane, there's ways to do it. You know they're gonna have yeah. to finesse the whole. But but Lucifer kind of thing. I'm still so. hoping they bring back Mark Pellegrino as Lucifer. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not. I'm one of those weird. I'm one of those I weird. I want to pop out from the darkness. I want to. I guess. I guess I'm one of those weird fans that never sits there and thinks. Yeah, I'm one of those weird fans that never sits there and thinks. I wish they would bring back such and such. I'm so accepting oh. of every time I see somebody, it might be the last time. I'm so accepting <laughs> of it that when they do show back up, I'm like, it's either like, no, oh, I, I miss either. everybody. I miss everybody. <laughs> I guess because I know the character that I miss the most is never coming back, but if I can't have a character, no Who's that? It's Meg. Meg. I'll never, Meg. I'll never get Meg. Meg. Oh, original Meg? Original Meg? 
No, Megan. Any Meg. Like I love, I love both Any Meg. Meg. I love Nikki. I would Meg, love to I see Nikki. A. Me too, but I would love to see Nikki back as Meg. But the whole, but I do know, like you know, like Robbie told Robbie told me the reason that he opted to kill Meg was as a tribute to Rachel because you know they couldn't use Nikki again because they'd already used her, you know, her right. body used already. And they didn't feel that they should ever give the character to another actress. And since Rachel right. is no longer working, so I right. accept that. Um, he and I had a, a long, in-depth conversation in which I told him I forgived him in a way that meant I never forgive him. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that was my. I, I told him I forgive you, even though I'm never going to forgive you. Um, so. I guess, yeah, so for, I always feel like, well, if I can't ever have my character come back, all y'all, whatever. <laughs> Rude. Rude. <laughs> I, you know, my, my number one character I want back is John Winchester, so that will. Yeah. Oh, yeah, right. but that's different because that's not, that's, that's. That's just not gonna happen. That's, that's no. That's it's gonna happen in the it's final season. The final season, close to the final <laughs> episode. I guarantee. Jeffrey Dean Morgan is doing conventions now. We yeah. We've got him doing conventions now. He has to make his way back to Supernatural once. That's all I ask. I don't think he will. Like, and on, on, on the true on the true tip though, like. When Becky and I did his meet and greet, and he was like, "No, I totally come back." Like the look we shot each other from across the room was like, "He wants to come back. He's gonna come." Because here's the thing: if Jeffrey D. Morgan wants to come back to your show, you make that work. You make you it work. work. I, I mean, the publicity would be awesome. Like you don't care. Like Jeremy Carver does not care about logic anyway. So <laughs> make it work. I guarantee before the series ends, even if it's in the series finale, it will happen. And it will definitely. Mm. And Samantha, too. I'd like to see her. Oh, yes. I would love to see them both. them together, like the two grown-up parents. Um, totally. You put that in the Sam universe again. Handle it. Don't. That would be insane. And I will cry like a baby. Because we I have will not seen my emotion together since the pilot. <laughs> oh my Let's god! If they we get... haven't seen them together since the pilot, and if they come uh-huh. back again, that would be insane. And I guarantee it will be like a big. Well, when they reunited at the moment. Vegas Con or wherever, I was so yeah. Like, the emotion oh, yeah, of that Vegas Con. Becky was yeah. next to me in tears. When, <laughs> I was when, too. When everybody was on the when everybody was on mm. the emotional yeah. chaos. I don't care how they make it happen. I don't care how absurd it is. I don't know. <laughs> you know, if we it have to Kickstarter the, if we have to Kickstarter Indiegogo this, we'll make it happen. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I guarantee I, the writers will find a way to make it happen, even if yeah. in the street. I hope so. I would, I would be willing to bet money on it. Yeah, because I had I had made peace with John Winchester never coming back, and then Jeffrey D. Morgan put it out in the universe so openly, and back. I have like never made did. peace with it. I he have never write, made peace with it. In the he did say the caveat is the caveat is is that he would want Jensen to direct him, which and, I think would be easy to do anyway. 
in the meet and greet, though, he did break my heart because he said, "If y'all, if y'all still want me back, you, you know." He, yeah. Yeah. He said, "You know, because John Winchester, they've turned him into kind of a bad guy now, and just y'all, you know." And we're like, "No, we don't like the writers anymore. We still love you. We still love you." You that's why that's you. why that scene that's why that scene and the things we left behind was so um important to me you know because it did start to sort of rehabilitate John Winchester yeah and just I, I really enjoyed how you know 10 years later he's so protective of John still yeah and I think that he and Jared and Jensen no matter what the script called for would take so much care to make sure that it was done well, yeah, and done to something that would satisfy not just the not just the the audience, but to satisfy themselves as well. Yeah, he's not so a bad have... dad. He just did what he could under crazy circumstances. Not to mention, the guy had military background, which you know. Well, and that's what he talks about as well, is that he's not saying he was the best father. He's just saying, you know, he made mistakes, but he did what he could under the circumstances because this was not something he could talk to. You know, who was John Winchester going to talk to about what happened, like what he saw in that room? No one was going to believe him. What was he going to do? That's why I don't understand when people say that he was a bad dad. I'm like, no. (laughs) If he would have gone to anybody with the truth, they would have taken his boys away. And as far as he knew, his boys were in potential danger. And, oh, God, no. No, no, no. So, yes, I'm... Yes, but he did. But, you know, but... John Winchester apologist. I am... Me too, but, I mean, you know, I mean, he did leave the boys alone. You know, he's not perfect, so... Oh, God, you know, no, and, no. I don't think anyone's you know, saying he's perfect. Uh, no, but I'm saying, you know, in a situation where there is literally no handbook for how to handle what he was trying to handle, he did as best as he thought he was doing. And... Yeah. He loved... He loved those boys more than anything. Anybody he did. I think that's, that's... Yeah, exactly. Anybody says he's different or wrong. So. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Agreed. We respect... Agreed. Winchester Bros, but you're wrong. <laughs> With but, that, yeah. I will flat out say you're wrong when it comes to that. <laughs> you're wrong, and let me show you how. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I was, I was... That's something that... I don't know if we'll see it in season 11, but I, in general, would love to see... John back, and I think that given <clears throat> given the setup of whatever the ramifications of death being uh, of death being dead, if he's really dead, um, I know some people caught that he wasn't wearing his ring, so everyone's wondering if it was mm. a mistake or if it's you know what what that means. Um, Dean might be I, in trouble next season. I, I always <laughs> say. I I always I always err I always err on the side of mistake versus uh it being something mm-hmm. that was on purpose because uh, you know I'm not and I'm not new here <laughs> uh, so but um I, I do think that the darkness and death being dead and on all that does actually leave the potential to see to work John in without it being too much of a stretch. Right. Um, 
I'm also, it has to happen. I'm so, <laughs> yeah, I'm so sad about Adam Glass leaving. One because I just I I like I know we we've discussed that I don't always I don't always agree with the choices he makes in terms of like or made in terms of playing you know, a little fast and loose with canon, but every single writer on the staff does it, so I don't think harping on just him is fair. Um, I think everybody has dud episodes, and you know he's somebody who's willing to discuss that he has had dud episodes, and I respect that about him a lot. Um, but I wonder if that means that we won't see Henry anymore because I need Henry Winchester in my life. Oh no, he uh, needs to he come. Needs Gil yeah, McKinney yeah. in your life, let's be honest. Yeah. Well, you know, I was trying to be really professional in this moment. <laughs> uh, and... <laughs> Rude. <laughs> uh, but no, yeah, but no, but in in all seriousness, because I think that, um. What I would like to see in season 11 as well is I would like to see more about the Men of Letters. I think they introduced that with such fanfare, and it hasn't really gone anywhere aside from, you know, having a set to be static and have, you know, a place for exposition and just have a steady set. And I think that I would like to see, especially getting into the darkness and everything, and possibly, you know, have, then having to re- research which which covens and Rowena and everything, I would like to see um, a bit more about the men of letters in general. Well, I do like the um, in the War of the Project with the with the uh, film, seeing the films from back in the day or whatever, mm-hmm. and that way we got to see the guy who played uh, I can't remember the character name, but it's Kevin Smith. Magnus. Magnus, yeah, I love seeing him again because I was really upset that they killed him off so quickly. <laughs> and, and, and I think I think so. there is a lot of potential to do, you know, either flashback type things or any, you know, mm-hmm. I think. But I think they need to. I think it also gives them a way to work out. You know, we see Rowena do the whole, you know, I don't know about angels kind of thing, but I think if they can bring a cohesion to everything in season 11, I would really appreciate that. Yeah. As, a, as a viewer, I would really appreciate that for everything to be a little less all over the place. Yeah. Uh, real quick, guys, I'm going to head off of here. Uh, my husband wants to watch TV and he can't while I'm podcasting. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have to, I have to go too. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Say, yeah, we've done our season eleven. We but, can go ahead and wrap it up. Um, but <laughs> yep. Thank you guys for joining us. This was fun. Thanks for, yeah. for inviting. Thank you all very much. Yeah, it was great. Just really. Thanks for inviting me. Everybody yeah. enjoy the rest. And again, yeah. Yeah, and again, lots of disagreement, but that's okay because you know we we can disagree. Yeah, we're all we're all passionate fun. about our show, you know. It's all yeah, good. I because feel that cool. no one appreciates the fax machine as much as me, and I'm going to go cry about that right now. <laughs> I don't want you to feel like I'm trying to take the fax machine away from you. That's how I feel, Vinny. That's how I so, feel. You I can have the fax know, machine, Clarissa. Yeah, you can I have want the fax machine. I respect your pain about the fax machine, but like I everyone also understand that. Funny. No, I'm dead serious. Uh <laughs> I, I expect the fax update after you have like your next interview with Jeremy, you know, at the uh, uh, 
when the season begins yeah, or Comic-Con or somewhere. I the expect press the room at Comic-Con or Tina will when I ask the question about the time. <laughs> you better <laughs> save that one for last, Clarissa. <laughs> I really Sit at my table, Tina. Sit at my table. Step away from the table. <laughs> I'm going to warn everybody. <laughs> Play us out. Absolutely. Bye, Bye, everyone. Thank you. Hey, I'm Jared Padalecki. And this is Jensen Ackles. And you're listening to Winchester Radio.